This is an explicit podcast. Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigma, an Age of Sigma podcast coming to you from New Zealand. I am your host, Big Sean, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tubbs, where we put the spotlight on the match play community in New Zealand, carrying off local tournaments, lists, and the occasional battle time. Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigma, episode 18. We are back in your motherfucking ears with a low-hanging fruit show of General's Handbook and changes that have happened to our game recently. It's me, your boy, Big Sean, joined by my co-host, Tubby. What's going on, Tubby? What's up, bro? We're chilling. Oh, just, just cold, bro. So cold. And <laughs> building corn. And I didn't realize these blood letters come in so many fucking pieces. Like, they all, like, fit in, though, man. The, you just, like, cut them all up and throw them across the table and you sweat. Yeah, that's, I was sort of hoping there would be more, I don't know, monoposed and more, like, three bits go together. I don't know. I've been building a lot of easy build shit that you gave me, so I'm pretty used to that, where it's like, here's a head and here's the, to- the torso with everything else. So that's been sweet. But anyway, that's besides the point. So we are here, listeners, to creep into your ears and give you some good times. I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, <laughs> we are gonna, All right. I don't know. I, I thought I had something lined up, but I didn't. Uh, we are here to talk about the General's Handbook. Uh, so we're just we're not going to cover it in its entirety. Uh, Rob from the Honest Wargame has done a whole bunch of content recently, and I'm sure there's going to be others doing so too. Uh, but we're going to talk about sort of our experiences and what we know about and what we can deliver an informed opinion on. We're not just going to fill air with shit, hopefully. So we're going to go over some listener questions, then we're going to talk about sort of the terrain and scenery changes, um, and sort of the the tournament structure in the General's Handbook. Uh, we're going to talk about some winners and losers points-wise, and then we're going to talk about armies, and we're going to talk about specifically armies that we know about. So what I mean by that is I'm going to talk about Stormcast, Sean can talk about Stormcast too, we're going to talk about Daughters of Cain, because Sean is a Daughters of Cain player from time to time. Um, <laughs> sorry. And we're going to talk about, I mean, this one's a bit harder, but the other armies we collect is Beck, Corn, and Gloomspite. And with no new points updates uh, as of time of worse. recording, yeah, it's it's a bit hard to comment on something that hasn't come out. I mean, it's the 27th of June as we're recording. We were told early July there would be an FAQ, so um, hopefully it's not too far away. But maybe we can try to do some, some foreshadowing and predictions as to what's going to change. Mm. You so almost know what the Sylvaneth players feel like right now where they're like waiting. Waiting for their fucking book to finally come out, although they already know what it is. Yeah, I don't know if we actually have covered that yet because it's I think we've only had one episode. Fuck it. Like that was a yeah. Disaster. I mean, I mean, clearly, I mean, my interpretation from it is that when the book released on on online, whatever it was, iBooks or whatever the fuck you call it, um, that was obviously the prearranged date for him to to release the book. Someone had forgotten to tell him not to hit the go live button. Um, but I mean, it's out there. It's it's easy enough to find. Um, I've got a copy of it. I've read some of it, but not too in depth because it's not really an army that interests me. Um, but from what I understand, it's like a genuine out of GW's control sort of situation. But it is a bit stink to think that we could have had a book at the end of May, and we're now rolling into July, and it's still not out. So yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. tree players. But <clears throat> well, you had a real well, shitty army to play against for years, and and now you've got to wait yeah. long <laughs> I think it's Karma Ray for playing that fucking AIDS army for so long. Oh, dude, it was so AIDS. Oh, I hated so it. AIDS. I hated it. All right, enough of rambling about Sylvaneth. Let's get into 
the listener questions because that's where we like to start the show these days. So Lee, who is no longer a friend of the show, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah, get rid of that, that guy. Actually, yeah, he, we'll just edit his name. Yeah, we'll just call it and and. Uh, so so Lee rec- recently made a purchase from Element Games and didn't use even my Element Games code. Or yours, Tubby? No, no. How, was, how does that make you feel? I was cut, man. Like, I'm, 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 I'm upset about it, to be honest. Yeah, shout out to our friends at Element Games. Um, if you do want to support the show somehow, enter in the code SHA4610. That's SHA4610, <laughs> and that will help me out personally. <laughs> Thanks, lads. Love you lots. Yeah. <laughs> so... So Lee says, do you think balanced lists... So I'll do the questions. You can have an answer first, bro. Right, and that bro. way I can have a play for a drink. Yeah, man, easy. Uh, so he says, do you think balanced lists uh, compete in every phase are viable? So do you know of any balanced lists that compete in every va- phase? And do you think they're viable? Uh, yes and no. No. Uh, I don't think you can take an all-comers list in Age of Sigma and be competitive at the utmost level i think every list that can compete at the at the highest of the highest is excellent at one thing and can cover uh the other phases of the game but this this i'm okay at shooting i'm okay at magic and i'm okay at combat i think it's bullshit i've um mainly have definitely had this conversation before uh and yeah I, I i don't think it works i haven't seen a list where it's super balanced like that and it works <clears throat> um i like something maybe similar is like the old les martin tm build with the star drake but then again the star drake has a it. unique role uh, that nothing else can really do at, at the time at least where it was this big invincible monster that takes space and kills hordes but like it did okay in the other phases but it really had that one thing which it really did well um like we look at the other successful lists and they're all they're all really good at one phase of the game uh skaven skaven might be a a counter argument i guess uh they've they've got some good shooting and some good combating some good magic but i think if you go all in on all three you're not going to make the best skaven list you i think you need to expert uh have expertise in something like plague monks and then and then devil and a few Giselles and maybe a warp lightning vortex, but you're not gonna have everything. You know, you see the plague monk lists and then you see the endless spell lists and they're vastly different. They're not they're not an in between or a small fix. Um so yeah, no. Nah, mixed arms lists are a a no go. They're fun, but they're they're not um they're not competitive at the highest level. Yeah, let's let's unpack this a bit further because when when I was reading the question, I was thinking, what army... I mean, Stormcast is a mixed arms list. You can do everything. But you can't actually get everything in a 2,000-point army. So I think you tapped on Skaven, which is probably the only army I can think of yeah. off the top of my head that can have a competitive magic phase. And by what I mean by competitive is like four or more spells, you know, average or slightly above. Um, also, they carry a lot of dispels. They have good endless spells. They have the ability to shoot if they want to. They have mass hordes. They don't really have a huge combat unit outside of the monsters. I mean, the plague, plague monks, monks are... You, you have to deal with plague monks. Yeah, and if you deal with them in combat, you're a dick. Um, but if you can only deal with them in combat, then tough shit. But I think plague monks are going to go the way to Dodo pretty soon, to be honest. Yeah. Um, 
So I think Skaven's probably the only army that can Come compete close. in all phases in a 2,000-point army. I think uh, possibly Zench or Beast of Chaos can possibly do the same. I just don't know how strong Beast of Chaos magic is. I don't know if they have actually yeah. any shooting now that I think about it, but I know they've got support through magic. They've got bodies and they've got combat. Zench has some magic, but their magic is normally... Sorry, not magic. Zench has some range. They have a lot of magic. But their range is normally an output of the magic. Um, however, they do have flamers, which no one runs, but they may run now that they've had a points reduction. Uh, Seraphon might have been another one, but the only range I can think of the them combat, is man. the Philodon. No, they don't, do the, they? The, they have bodies. The Rippers they are fine, they don't have... but they, like, they're too expensive for something too glass that can bounce. It only really deals with something without a good save. They hit something with a good save, yeah. it's just fucking hot garbage. Um, yeah, and they don't active, and they don't fight in the activation wars. No, they well. don't. So I think so... I think the thing is, when it comes to like, if you see a list and you're like, hey, that competes in all the phases, I can almost guarantee that it's going to be like one of the top armies at the time. Skaven being our example there, which is obviously underpointed in a lot of a lot of areas. Um, yep. So that's the way that they get through it. Like, uh, it, their magic. They have to go hard into it to actually compete with stuff like Zench, like Bloomspite, like uh, Legends and Agash. If they don't, then they're just going to come up against these armies and get nothing off. Um, whereas they're shooting, like, do they shoot like Stormcast or KO? No, no they don't. So no. they can dabble, but they can't, they can't compete in all the phases because in reality, when you come against the army that specializes in one of the phases... Uh, if that's your your weakest phase or your weakest leg, and you don't specialize well enough in the other phases, you're gonna lose. Like, if you take that mixed arms list yeah. and you come against, uh, say, Gloomspite, for say, and you take a few magic, you take some endless spells, you take a couple of vermin lords, but you've got Gisales and you've got plague monks as well, and you start to try and get those spells out. You're not gonna get them out because you might have plus one to cast here, but they dominate the magic phase way harder than you do. You can't get those spells out when you're minus three to cast because you don't have enough casters to have the <clears throat> have the bodies on the board that can escape the the negatives and the dispels from the, the sorry the unbinds from the other player. So you 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 really can't compete in all the phases. You have to you have to specialize in one thing and be able to cover your ass enough in the other ones that it's not a complete down trail because. Obviously, nobody wants that absolute weakness in their list, uh, but you, you see it. You see it in every list, every every good list. They specialize in one thing. They cover their bases enough that that's not a a big red button with weakness written on it, waiting for the opponent to slap. It's yeah, they a well a rounded list that does everything but does nothing good isn't going to do well. It's I've never seen it, and I won't see it, I don't think. Yeah, I think the only other balance, or army, sorry, that can, and again, it depends on your definition of balance, or your interpretation. Uh, is balance just your average in every phase, and you don't like excel in any yeah. phase? Because I think there's a few lists that could do that. Yeah, definitely. But you're obviously wanting to do it to a, like, a very good level. Um, I think Gloomswipe might be another option, possibly, because you've got bodies, you've got a good magic phase. You do have some range. It's not overly long range from what I yeah. understand, but there is range. Potential. I don't think they have enough in the shooting. Um, I think um, Legends and the Gash is another one, but they have no yeah. range. Is the issue. They can 
oh, excuse me. Sorry, boys, I'm on the wines. Uh, they have, yeah, yeah, real classic. <laughs> they, they have, they have really good magic range, a really good magic pace. Sorry, they have attrition through bodies. They have resilience with the after saves. They have, they have some units that do have like low attacks, high upside damage. Like I'm thinking harboring is, but then you could just take Grimgast anyway. Um, and they have the resilience. They have good bravery. They don't have huge armor, but some of the stuff's ethereal. So. But they do lack in the shooting. You could build, I think, an all-round Stormcast list, but I think you'd be exactly what Sean said, uh, Tub said, is that you'd just be shit. Like, you're like, cool, I've got four spells. There's 600 points yep. of wizards. Um, you know, that's left me with other heroes that I can't utilize in, in slots like buffing armor or running and charging and shit like that. Um, I can take some range via adjudicators battle line, but then you're paying 160 for a battle line unit, which is good, but it's expensive. In an army that's already really expensive. And then combat wise, you do have some good combat units, but they rely on your heroes to buff them and they also can't fight the activation wars. So if you come up against a crystal ball or whatever, then you don't have the output through magical shooting to deal with it, you're fucked. So your army will crumple. I think that's a good point with a hero. It's like a lot of the time to exceed in a phase, especially uh, the hero phase and the combat phase, it comes from heroes. So when you start trying to spread your heroes out between the phases, you run short, like you don't actually do them well. Like you, you take a list like a Gloomspite list and you try and juggle half and half and you're not doing either of them well, really. You're you're wishing you had yep. more space for more heroes, but because you're capped, you can't. It, it doesn't matter how cheap they are. Um, you're capped by that six six hero number, so you can only be so good. Yeah, like my classic example is uh, from Stormcast Bias, Evocators on Dracoline, which are an amazing um, self-sustainable unit. They have they can cast a spell on themselves, which gives them reroll wounds. They have uh, reroll charges and built. They have mortal wound output. They move 12 inches. They don't fly, and they're pretty good in combat. They're really good on a charge. However, if you are dealing with some big blocks or some resilient units, you generally need six. So they have 600 points. And then if I'm taking Drags, um, Evos on Drags, then I'm almost always taking a Herald for the run and charge to up their mobility. And then I'm also taking a Castellan who went up in points to give him a free plus save. Because their issue is they come in and they smash in the dick and they hurt real hard. But if they get stuck in combat, they have a hard time clearing stuff. And if they get hit back, they're quite paper. And there are a lot of yep. points. Like they're only a four up to so 15 wounds for 300 points. But as soon as you start losing them, your your output just dramatically decreases as well. And it depends how you fit them out with stuffs or swords. Yep. But. Yeah, I don't think exactly. there is um, a perfectly balanced army, and I think Skaven is probably the closest, and then I think Gloomspite is possibly second, and then I think every other army is more or less a bit shit at it, yep. to be honest. And Skaven are just too cheap. Um, that's that's the be all end all there. Is that that's why they're the probably the best example you can put? It's just because they're too cheap. You can fit too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They truly are. So, I absolutely agree. It'll be interesting to see what July brings. Mm-hmm. So, Joel Graham. Uh, says, what army is the best and why is it Zench? Oh, oh. <laughs> oh fuck Zench. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what Zench does now that um, now that Change Host is back. I guess Change Host is back. Uh, there's some higher-end players that are, that are playing it overseas, which is really cool to see. Uh, Pink Horrors have been good for quite some time, but somebody finally had the balls to pull it out 
Um, I'm sure people have done it before. What's his name? Daniil did it on on stream. Uh, but I think a lot of people have seen what he did yeah. and they've seen how you're supposed to play it by watching him, I think is, is a big push. Uh, and and sort of how it, how it would go from there. Um, but I th- I think when we get to talking about the points, um, there's there's something worth raising which which will sort of dull the hype a little bit for Zench because they did get good points drops, um, but they're also affected in other other parts of the game. So we'll we'll get to that. Good stuff. Sorry, yeah, I, I figured that much. much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there an awkward pause, lads? It's uh, because I've got myself on mute and I'm drinking or I'm typing or I'm vaping. Um, I mean, to be honest, I think Zinch is like the classic old broken and then everyone got butthurt after they increased the points and now that they're back down in points, everyone's like, oh, they could be good again. They were never fucking bad. Nah. Like, they were possibly... I mean, they were the most aggressive points rises we've ever seen across yeah. an army in Age of Sigma. Like, I think that's unequivocally true that the whole army went up sort of, I think it was about 20 to 30%, and 2k armies became like 26.100 armies overnight. But then also, summoning, you know, started costing no points. So people just went, oh, that army got smashed by points. We've got a lad, Matty Wilkinson, spoken about many times before, beautiful man, uh, friend of the show. And he's been running Zinch on and off, and he's done pretty consistently yep. well with them. Um, and that's because he wasn't just like the power gamer looking. Hey, Skyfire drawn lightning. Yeah, like he he used horrors, and a unit of pink horrors turns into twenty blue horrors, who turn into twenty brimstone horrors. So, one hundred and eighty points for fifty wounds, <laughs> and the first ten wounds is a wizard. That seems pretty fucking <laughs> efficient. Also. You don't have to roll dice. Hey, guys, just yep. saying. I mean, they got some decreases, and people will be excited about them. But, yeah, I think Zinch is interesting, and it'll be, I'll be surprised to see what... Well, not surprised. I'll be eagerly waiting to see what happens over the next 12 months because there was a lot of Zinch armies rocking out there in the world until the points changes of the GHB 2018, where they all yep. got increased. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I... I don't think they were a bad army after their points increases. I just think people were like looking at getting into a game quickly, found an army that's relatively easy to paint because you could wash it and now you can contrast it and you can glaze it and it looks nice. And the points went up and then they're like, fuck that, I don't want to play that anymore. That's not the new fill. And now it's going to come back. And I don't think it's going to be like, I don't think it's going to be as good no, as what it not. was. Nowhere near. That'll never be but back I like I think that. it will be. Yeah, if we're talking tier system. Like, I think Skaven and, and Fek is sort of up there and so on, and there's questions about some other armies. But I think Zench will be sort of sitting underneath that, that sort of bracket, I guess you could say. Um, they're not quite bullshit broken, but I think they're, they're pretty good. Um, I think Enlighten and Zench work amazingly well because they move 16, and then if you roll enough sixes on your Destiny pool, you can charge them 12, and all of a sudden they have a 30 inch threat range in the first turn. Oh, and then when they die, you can bring them back with yeah. Bold Reality. Ah! That's real fun. That's so engaging. Thank you. <laughs> the book's um, the book's so good that, like the the book itself is it's a it's a fucking great book, and there's a lot of mechanics in there that are completely unique to Zinch that no other army can do. Um, and that sort of goes back to that 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 thing that I always say that 
can you do something that nobody else can do? Can you do something the best? And like they 100% do. They don't even have to pick their dice half the time. Like uh, they they do something very unique um, and powerful. And for that reason, until or if they change the ruling on it, um, they'll always be strong. Nothing else splits like horrors. Nothing else chaffs like horrors. And nobody else can just pick pick dice for what they want to do. You know, like it's it's crazy. Yeah, no, you're quite right, bro. You've always said, um, what does your army excel at or what does it do better than everyone else's? In an army with a heavy yep. casting focus that has now through endless spells the way of um, the chicken, as we call him around here, the Lord of Change, getting more than two spells <laughs> and him being able to roll, you know, he rolls 2d6 to cast, obviously, and then whatever is the highest, you duplicate the lowest to become the highest. And then he's obviously got the command point to give it plus one. And if you're running like a destiny pool and you've got, you know, a couple of fours or fives, you can quite often cast everything on a nine, 10, 11 plus, depending if you pop the command point. And for most people like myself who don't have shitloads of dispels, you're going, oh, that goes off an 11. I'm going to pass. I'll let you have that one. I'll let you have that one. And then they can just bully you through their magical supremacy and their bullshit of not having to roll dice. You know, like a really good player can exasperate that and make it quite crippling and have a huge magic base. And then they have the bodies to stick around in the fight, you know? So it's. Yeah, they're a good army. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, we'll move on to Seth. So Goon Boss, Seth, local lad. Uh, for you anyway, Tubby, not for me. But I did see him last weekend and it was a, that was a lovely treat. I always love seeing the Goon Boss. Us. You know? <laughs> is he alive still? Is he. <laughs> Yeah, and he's, yeah, he's, he's alive. Well. Yeah, he had a, he had a rough yeah, one on he, Saturday he night. He seemed to. He seemed to have a rough one on Sunday morning. I, <laughs> <laughs> His missus was waiting for him to bring home oh. squiggles or something um, after our game, and our game finished at like nine o'clock, and he he didn't even yeah, make he it came home, home the so next well. day. Yeah. <laughs> the next day, but I hear he's um, I hear he's done well at work this week, and he's got some good news from work. So good on to yeah, definitely. What well Seth? What well done? Taking care of your family, um, man. Good shit. Uh, so Seth said, I want to hear your guys' speculation on the upcoming FAQ. Will it affect, and then, in, you know, quotation marks, tier S armies? Uh, and then he also goes on, also I want to hear Tubbs' opinion on the new shifting objectives we've played, including the new terrain rules. What are your favorite changes to the scenario? So two-part question, a uh, bit of speculation as to what's coming up for the S tier armies. What, what's your definition of an S tier army, Tubbs? I don't know if it's the same as mine. Mine's Go ahead. So, so like the way I tear things is, I don't know if have you played many MOBAs in the past? Yep, League of Legends, like League of Legends or no, Dota or anything Dota, like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So when they they tear things, they they break it down into like specific things. So something that's in they go up to SS, but we'll put S there. Is it's fundamentally broken, and if you put it on your team, you you're gonna win the game like this this is banned every game because if it goes on the team and they don't play it like a fucking retard then they're gonna win so that's where i put the s tier and then below there you've got your a so that's that's strong against most most matchups um doesn't have inherent weaknesses or it's got minimal inherent weaknesses uh and then as you go down lower you know you you may be good into some matchups, but you've got a weakness, so you've got a hard counter, and then as you get lower and lower and lower down to the bottom tier, bottom tier is like it can't compete in the game at all. Um, 
even even like a, a, a master player with it will struggle against a, a a good or average matchup, you know, like and down there you'd put things like let's be honest, Beastical Raiders and Slaves Darkness. Um they just have they got nothing going for them, like Beastical have got no models and slaves have got <laughs> nothing, I guess. Like I don't really know what they do. Um they're, they're better in other armies, aren't they? Wishing they were at that, yeah, they were wishing they were allied yeah. into a They're hoping army, that like, God picks them to give them some buffs. Um, They're like that kid at school, yeah. and you're like, I don't know, playing fucking like rugby or some shit. We'll make a real local reference. And you're, you're doing like half the class versus the other half class. And they're like right at the end, and they're coming down to like the last three or four guys to be picked, and they're like, please fucking pick me. <laughs> and, and, and they just get picked last. Uh, <laughs> the dead <Yeah>. weight, like, <laughs> the, from what I've seen, they're pretty yeah. crap. Yeah. So like I don't think that there's that SS tier army. I don't I don't I don't think that's in the game at the moment. Um because there's not an army that goes out, doesn't have a weakness, wins all its games. You know, you put it in the hands of the best players or even a, a, a good player, um, and it just wins every time. So I think there's just the step below, say S tier. Uh and I think there's there's two armies in that at the moment. I think that's Doc and that's Skaven. Um, the reason Feck's not in there is because Feck has hard counters, man. Like pew pew, Feck loses matchups. Yeah, like if 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 <laughs> if you stop being a sheep and you take some fucking shooting, these Feck armies won't go out and smash all the podiums. Like it, that's that's down to what people want to play and meta, not down to like what is its inherent weaknesses. Like what can't it cover? What can't it do? And Skaven and Doc can both combat shooting and both uh, fight combat and both fight magic. Like, Fett can't. It's got no inherent buffs in the magic phase other than buffs the cast with things like mortises and corpses. Um, and shooting, it just it falls hard on its face when it comes to that. So I'd take that out of there. Something like Fire Slayers and Slanesh, I don't think they've been around long enough to really tear them. Um, I, th- I think you need a good few months to really get a grasp of what the army's like because when it first comes out it can just get that surprise factor and smash people up like we've seen Fire Slayers win some tournaments and we've seen I don't know if Slanesh has won one yet but they've definitely I think well. Joel uh, won one in Australia by the Ken one or some shit oh yeah but cool. yeah yeah it's, I, I know what he's saying but, but he's, he's obviously a good he's, I think player. he's just a good player in general to be fair Except for when he plays yeah. Mixed Order and yeah, tries totally. to Sam Morgan, then he, then he turns out like shit. <laughs> Love your job. Yeah, well, Lee's going that way too, but we don't Sam talk about Sam Morgan him. effect, eh? Yeah, yeah. He's got his, he's got his little posse. Shout out to behind. Sam Morgan. What a fucking, like, I don't know, godsend that man's been on the community. Oh, man. List connoisseur. Oh, I've heard Sam he's Morgan. the best list writer in the world, in fact. Well, Lee would agree with <laughs> Lee would agree. Well, you could play as well as good as well as as the the Ara- Arabs or Araby, whatever it is. Araby, pretty sure it's not Arabs. Anyway, sorry, you were talking about Slash and Fire Slayers, and how they're like <laughs> too new on the scene to really. I, I mean, yeah. I agree because I think you can look at the Slash book and overreact at some of the shit, and I think you can equally do as much with mm-hmm. the Fire Slayers book. You know, when you look at an army and go, "Fuck, you always fight last." That's that's sort of an ST mechanic, isn't it? It's like inherently broken that no one else can do. 
Um, I mean, it sort of counterbalances the other shit. And also, I think the whole, you know, the keeper kills some shit and then the keeper dies and then you get a new keeper is a bit. I think it's a bit bullshit too, but. Yeah, but, it's a bit bullshit. Yeah. But, but you can. Upon reading the book, you can see um, weak points in the army and like places they can't cover. Like their magic's, their magic's okay, but it, they inherently don't have any buffs. Other than the um, the epitome, epitome is pretty good, but it's one model. Are you really going to spam them? Maybe, probably not. Not sure. We will have to see. Um, and things like fire slayers, fire slayers, I don't think will go anywhere near Doc or Skaven. They have one really good unit, um, but they obviously can't compete in the magic phase, and they definitely can't. Com- Are they? Yeah, no, they can't compete compete in the shooting phase either. They're too slow. And it's yeah, they've got those little throwing axes, um, which are like eight inch range or something, don't they? Or is that, is that awkward? yeah, the orcs are good too. Oh, the, yes. the shooty molten like yeah, shooty boys, they're, they're, really, they're really good. good they're quite but... expensive, and you're not going to see huge amounts of them. I think you're just going to build the resilient block yeah. of pretty guys with a four up yeah. save and a fuck you after save. In all honesty, and yeah. I, to be honest, fire slaves remind me of like a GHB. 17 army where it was like build hordes hordes are good for the game don't finish your games it's going to be slow it's going to be spammy it's going to be a lot of dice <laughs> rolled and it's going to be a negative game experience that's honestly what it reminds me of yep. and i fucking hated the ghp 2017 fuck that book <laughs> but whatever that's that's another rant from the side as, as i sit here painting 120 yeah girls. you're an arsehole um, and then Seth <laughs> goes on to talk about shifting objectives. You just want to talk about that later, buddy? Or you want to talk about that? Yeah, man. Oh, no. We, we oh, can talk about it now. It's all good. Um, so we played shifting objectives the other day, the new one. And it's, I, I really liked it. It was a good change to, um, to how it used to be. So what's change? Set, just set, putting it. So now, now it's horizontal. Yeah. So how shifting objectives used to be is you used to play long ways down the board which is shitty at tournaments because it's obviously hard to do that. But in reality, it meant all the objectives were really close together. So it didn't really matter where the objectives shifted to because what were they, like 24 inches apart or 36 inches apart, maybe like point to point? Um, Like, who cares? It's real close. Um, But now you're playing it horizontally, widthways across the board. The objectives are miles apart, man. Like the two edge ones are twelve off the board, and then the other ones dead center. So it's forty-eight inches in between them. I might be wrong, um, but it's a it's a long way. It's it's so long that even eels can't get from one side of the board to the other side of the board to um to snap that objective. Like there's a lot more strategic play in it, I think, because it's all spread out like that. Uh, and it also makes you split your army hard, so you can't bunker as much. Um, but I thought it was really fun. Um, we had a good game. I played my grots. Hand of Gork was sick <laughs> in, the, in, in those new scenarios yeah. where you just like scamper yeah, just, around. Just um, looking at it, I'm thinking you need like a, a set-up army or a teleport army or just like an army that can sort of pick up and move shit. To be, to be yeah. frank, it's it's a lot of board space to cover you, right? You always have to like sort of be heavy to win heavy. And hope that it bounces between the middle and one side, because I assume that would be the basic strategy. Is you sort of you you sort of deploy not evenly, but mainly in that middle twenty-four slab of the board, so like the dead center of the board, and maybe you overload one side slightly. 
and you hope it goes that way. I think unless if, you can bounce across the board. It functions a lot functions a lot like uh Star Strike, how Star Strike used to play. Yeah, but like this is from turn one. An army though, that could teleport. This is What's from turn one. Where Star Strike you would Yeah, it's from turn yeah, one. Where Star Strike you're just but like, like Star Strike three with my dick in my hand and then I can win like game. Yeah, 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 it was, but uh, like the way you play the objective is still the same. Like it you don't know where where it's going to be because really you're chasing that three point objective the whole game, um, and an army that can teleport can 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 move around there. But you want to take two thirds of the board and sort of hope it comes your way, but have that opportunity also impact the other other third because you obviously got to know where the objectives are. You knew an old Star Strike as well because it's so limited to where they could go, um, but that one objective that that falls in the funny place is still going to be so impactful, like. If everyone's fighting over, say, the left-hand one and the centre one, because that was the third one, maybe the 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 left-hand one was three point one. All of a sudden, it's on the right-hand side now. It's the same scramble that Star Strike used to have when that when that other objective dropped, and you're already playing hard for the first one. Um, yeah, I, I really liked it. I thought it was I thought it was wicked. No, it's something that you need to think about. I mean, like, I never played a whole lot of shifting objectives. In the previous edition, it seemed like a mission that was quite often left out. Um, and It was pointless. I feel like it was a pointless mission. There was better missions that did similar yeah, things. Yeah, and in all honesty, it didn't offer a lot when you're playing on like a 48-inch board wide as opposed to a 72-8-inch board. So I'd be keen to give it a go, and I think you're right. I think it offers um, a bias to armies that have the flexibility to move a bit more or redeploy um, or sort of fail-safes for mistakes when you're looking to move and set up. I think it's probably the best way to put it. Yeah. In all honesty, like Stormcast inherently have a few of those through Relictors, um, through, oh my god, Vexillas, and Vexillas, through yeah. the last guy, the Veritan, or whatever he's called, um, who is also a priest, but it's the same thing. Anyway. So you might see some more Blister Skin coming out, especially if that's in packs, because... Grizzle is fast, but it's not fast enough. The Bliss skin has the opportunity to teleport. Um, Seraphon? I also think it's better. Yep, Seraphon as yep. well. Stormcast's going to be good. Um, Grot's going to be good. They've got Hand of Gork. Iron Jaws now have a same Hand of Gork thing, so that, that gives them up. Sylvanef, things like that. Anything that can teleport is going to be good at that Yeah, mission. but with those sort of missions, you also need attrition. You need, like, durability. Because you can, like, fucking, you, you can, like, jerk off and blow your load in the first 10 or two. And score max points, but if you're not a, like if you if you don't have a chin that can take a punch, as I think uh, Chopacano said, Chopacano um, said on Rage of Sigma, you know, like it, the army can't stay around and score in the last sort of three, four, five turns. And I think that's a lot of Age of Sigma is that people get taken off way too quickly and then they can't interact in the last turns and they can't score. That's why I was like Starstruck because yeah. I could always sit off and then score big in the late game after shooting people off from lots of range away uh and then donald adds on to that question that i asked you 20 minutes ago and said are shooters terrible no no they're most definitely not terrible. Talk about shooters talk about shooters i'm gonna go take a pass <laughs> yeah, yeah, talk about talk shooters. About shooters. Go. oh yeah lovely so i think shooters get a worse rep than they deserve um i think there's two ways you run the grots and that's either with the stabbers the shorthand weapons or shooters they're on spears spears are a waste of time in my opinion um the 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 
the way people look at shooters is they look at their shooting and they're like, hey, it fucking sucks. And it kind of does fucking suck. Like, you roll 34 dice for a unit of 40, um, hitting on fours, winning on fives. It does, like, eight damage, I think, before saves on average. Um, now, that seems really bad, but then you look at their combat stats. And their combat stats in a unit of 40, so you get buff, is fives and threes. Spears is fives and twos. It's the exact same thing in that you get you get a two inch reach on your spears, you get a sixteen inch reach on your bows. Uh, it doesn't matter how far you spread out your shooters, you can take board control of shooters and still get damage because you've got a shooting phase because you've got multi phase damage. You've got opportunities to get yourself out of combat. Everyone's had that opportunity where they've been stuck with one guy, two guys. You know, the hero on two wounds and they, they can't charge anywhere else because they're tied there. If you've got shooters, you've got more opportunity to do something like that because you have multi-phase damage. Uh, the other way you can look at it is you look at something like the spears or the clubs on paper. Uh, they're one attack, fours and fours. If you look at it from the shooter point of view, they've, so, so, so you've got 34 attacks there because we're not counting the nets. 34 attacks from them. If you look at it from the shooter point of view, you've got 68 attacks because not only do you have 34 in combat, you've also got 34 in the shooting phase. You've got double the damage before you start stacking buffs on. Now, the stabbers are always going to do more damage in combat, and that's 100%. That's guaranteed. They're hitting on fours, winning on, on twos. Then the shooters will. But the second they drop below 30, the second they drop to 29 grots, they output between. Stabbers with hand weapons and shooters is exactly the same. If you add the shooting in with the combat, you don't add in the loon boss buff, the output's exactly the same. The difference there is you've got multi-phase damage with shooters. You don't have that with stabbers. Uh, obviously, the big, big buff to the stabbers is that they get the save buff. And I think that's the real reason you take the, the stabbers. The stabbers are there so that you run onto an objective and you set up your 12 or 24 inch loon boss buff, uh, and you take a charge. You're not, you're not charging people with stabbers all the time because one, you're not going to get fuck all models in because you're good at running, but you ain't good at charging. Uh, and two, you've got the save, so you can take a punch better than the shooters can. Uh, I, 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 it really, it really bugs me when everyone just points at the stabbers and they're like, they're clearly better shooters of trash. But then you put your stabbers in and you go, how does that deal with the Grizzlegorf terror guys? You got a spell? Yeah, you got a spell. It only works in your own turn. Like, <laughs> you got a spell. What if it's not in range? What if you can't hand a gork? What if you've got to spend your hand a gork somewhere else? Uh, what if you've got multiple threats on the board? If you can add in that multi phase damage from shooters and you put the same amount in there, the damage will add up and it's really worth it. Like, it's that, whole, it's that whole thing where I look at it and I say, hey, is this unit the best combat unit? Does this compete with the best combat units? And stabbers don't. They're very efficient, and you get a lot of models on the board which are like defensive, well defensive, uh, but they can't compete against the damage output of something like witch elves or plague monks. Like, not even skeletons. Skeletons do more damage than them. Um, so I just don't, I don't see the point. Whereas I'd rather lose the save 
have more damage, have damage in other phases, have reach, uh, and 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 go for the shooters there. So like I might be wrong, they might be hot garbage, but so far they've worked out. Uh, I've I've played eight or nine games with the Grots, and they're working well. The the shooters fall over, and if they die, it doesn't matter. The faster they die, the more rolls they get on the Loon Shrine, because when that comes back, it's hugely impactful. It's great. So, I mean, my layman's summary of that, I guess, is you're sacrificing a more attractive combat profile at a fully buff unit for a unit that has the impact... Uh, sorry, has the impact. Has the ability to impact the game from turn one for its board presence and its reachability. Yeah. Is that correct? Because yeah. some of these deployments yeah. are only 18 inches the way you shoot. What you shoot, 16, how far do you move? Four, five, six inches? Uh, five, so you've got a 21-inch three Yeah, yeah. so you can do something from turn one. Whereas with stabbers, you'll be traditionally running them up or possibly kind of gawking them around the board, turn one, and then yeah. possibly not reliably making that nine-inch charge, I'm guessing. Is that correct? No. Yeah. There's, um, and it's the same thing for me, bro. Like, whenever I've built Stormcastless, I've always gone, Judicators are 60 points more, but they're infinitely better than Liberators, because one, Liberators are trash, like, quite frankly, unless I'm fighting, like, maybe a Kulgaraf, or something that has five wounds that isn't going to kill me in a turn, uh, then they could maybe be better. Like, Judicators are so much better because they have the ability to sit on your home base objective. Think of Border yep. War. And they, they still get a fight in combat, yeah, yep. man. They still get a fight in combat. But... Yeah, think of Border War. They sit on your home base objective, which is, what, 12 inches up the board? And then they can hit both the middle board objectives, which are sitting at 20, uh, 24 inches up the board, so they're 12 inches away, and then there's obviously diagonal angles, so maybe like 16, 18 inches away. They can affect the game by scoring an objective back at home, whereas Liberators are moving for a couple of turns, and then when they get into combat, they're a bit shit. Yeah. So, yeah. It's not like six players where yeah. they get into combat but... and they're good. They're, you know, they're just, yeah. So I would quite happily pay for that ability to start applying damage and start affecting the game earlier as opposed to waddling up the board. Yeah, and there's there's no other... I, I haven't found it. If anybody can find a horde unit that's very cost-efficient, that has a reasonable shooting attack... Like, How many points are we talking great, about, bro? When you've got that Before many shots... Know. How many points are we talking about? So it's 130 for 20. So that is 17 a, shots. Did I get a horde discount? Uh, no, they don't, but you don't take them in 60s. Um, You'll take you'll take stabbers and sixties if you want to take a big unit. Um, so realistically, uh, they're they're very cost efficient. They have a reasonable shooting attack when there's so many shots in there. It's it might be fours and fives, but when you're throwing you know thirty four dice to a unit, you're gonna you're gonna slip some through. You're gonna slip eight through. That's what you're gonna get um, before saves. And then find something as defensive as them. So if you can find a shooting unit which is that cost-effective per model that is still good in combat because they're still, they're still good in combat. Like, there's no if, buts, or maybes around it um, that shoots and that moves that quickly. Like, I'll, I'll take my hat off, but they're one of the only units in the game that has, has that ability. Like, that's, that's fast enough, that's cost-efficient enough, that's defensive enough, and also shoots. Like, that's that's the way I see it. The way I see it is they do something that nobody else can do, and definitely not to that level. Um, so why not give them a crack? Yeah. Like why just keep why just keep being a sheep all the time? Like try things, try things. You love the sheep. <laughs> love the lamb. 
Oh, last time I was there, you had someone was butchering a lamb in the garage. Oh, uh, yeah, Barry's cutting a lamb up in the garage. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I know what you mean. They're very cost efficient and they're cheap points. And don't be disheartened by the unattractive stat line because they can play in multiple phases of the game. And yeah. that's what you want because that makes a, a, a unit that's pointed at whatever level so much more efficient when it can interact in multiple phases of the game as well. Yeah. They're not going to be your anvil that sit there and take all the damage. But can, no, can you hear a lot of not. background noise from my house? No, no, I can't hear anything. Okay, no. cool. Because I opened the door because I was like vaping up in here and just got to let the vape out so it doesn't get all fucked up. And I live yeah. next door to an airport, so I was just curious about that. Um, anyway, we spent 45 minutes on like three questions. So. <laughs> That's fine. We kind of tied the questions into um, yeah. into what we wanted to talk about in the show. So it's yeah. all good. But I don't take like awesome show reference notes where like other people do, where you're like, if you want to hear about my opinion on boom fight, this section. It. Yeah, it's just <laughs> not. That's beyond my capability. So, Jono Ensor, Black Comment Radio, good plug there. He recently did a uh, podcast, because Jono does a podcast, Black Comment Radio, uh, and he recently did a, a show where he interviewed two teachers um, who are at a local Yeah, I didn't know about this at all. This is cool. And, um, and they were talking about sort of building community and Something we should all take an interest in about like um, looking for the youth of tomorrow today where they've got a couple of teachers who play Warhammer who are at a school and they're sort of trying to get the word of wargaming out there in a very competitive world where everyone's looking for instant gratification and are looking for video games so that scratch that itch where there is some still people like there's still people out there who would like to play wargaming and have the interaction, the face-to-face value as opposed to going online and calling people every sort of word under the sun. So um, good on Jono. That's a very good community building show. If you are yeah. a teacher or if you are looking to build a small community, um, I would suggest listening to Black Comet Radio because there's some. it's about 45 minutes. There's some good tips on that. Um, and Jono, as always, is pretty pretty on the on point. So Jono yeah. said... I had no idea that Charlie and Zane did, did, did that much. Like, I didn't realize that they, they run that. And it's really cool. Yeah, so what yeah. I know about Charlie before Mad coming to the those chorus, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Because... Because of Charlie and Zane, there's three new regular players into tournaments, though, like solely yeah, because man. of those two lads. Uh, so well done to them. And they'll tell their friends, and it will grow from there. So well done, Charlie and Zane. Fucking love your work. Keep it up. Keep coming to tournaments. We both owe you a beer. Or, but or another made. wooden spoon, if you're Zane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well done, Zane. Embrace it. Embrace it. I love it. So Jono says, are you happy with the revised battle plans or would you have wanted to see completely new ones? Tubby, is your voice dead or do you want to keep talking? No, no, I'm good, bro. Sweet. Uh, you talk, I grab more yeah. wine. Okay. <laughs> uh, I like them. I like them. I like the changes they've made so far. I haven't read through all of them and I definitely haven't played all of them. I think you've got to play all of them to, um, to really get the feel for them. Uh, but yeah. They've made positive changes in all of the scenarios that I've that I've seen or played so far, uh, and yeah, I don't think you need to keep pumping out new scenarios. Like, what do we got now? We got we got twelve in the book, is it? And then I assume well, most TOs would probably run the other six as well. So really, you've still got eighteen scenarios, and that's plenty enough. Um, you never like get to the table and you're like, oh man, this scenario again, like. I wish I had more scenarios that I could play with um 
with my mates when they come over. Like, you never run out. And they've put a cool twist on them now. So they might have cleared out some bullshit that was there before. Uh, things like Better Part of Valor has got a, a, a good fix, which had been a fix a long time ago. Um, Scorched Earth. Scorched Earth's had a cool switch up where you play the other way across the board now. Uh, I haven't played that yet. I, that's that's probably one of the next ones I'm keen to play. That and Duality. Um, duality, now you can score with battle line units. So that's um, <laughs> that's cool. That's really good, actually. I think it's a really good change to, um, to score with battle line units. I don't know about the deployment. The deployment looks freaky as fuck, so we have to see how that goes. Uh, I'd, I assume you deploy your entire army in one corner and you might have like a scouting or a self-sufficient unit, like self-supporting unit, sorry, in the other side. Talking about duality, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, just just yeah. the way you deploy in it. It's it's real weird. Um, I, people will get I like the scoring, but I don't, I don't know about the other one yet. You know, people might... What's that? I think people will get trapped to, like, they'll see what their opponent's doing and they'll react and they'll forget their own battle plan. Yeah. Um, and they'll, like, they, they'll see the opponent starts overloading one side and it might be the side they initially set up on and they'll go, fuck that noise, I'm going to go to the other side. And yeah. it'll just be a scrum in the middle and then whoever can push through the middle will win the game. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean... But you do need to spread as well a little bit because it's so pushed to the corner. If your army can't teleport or it's not super quick, you're not going to be able to impact that other point of the board. Like, yeah, you're not going to be able to compete for that that objective. Yeah, I'm looking at that and I'm going, fuck, if I ever run a Star Drake, he's going to take up two thirds of that space and I'm going to be screwed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Not quite, but he's going to take up, he's got a, he's got a large footprint. Um, I like the idea that they're trying to refine and improve the scenarios yeah. that they currently have as opposed to reinventing the wheel and making some crazy new ones. I like that they are trying to refine a product as opposed to um, come up with something new and untested. So I think it's good. Uh, the deployments, I think, will be a bit fucking annoying if you're playing in tournaments, uh, which is what Tubby said. I don't know if you can hear that. It's really loud in my background now. Yeah, it sounds like someone doing Rockies around the roundabout. Yeah. It's, it's not you and El Tita. No, nah, no, nah, it's not Lost Tita and El Fino. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I'll close the door now. So we, yeah, I like I like that idea better that they're trying to improve the system as opposed to just to like scrap it and not learn from what they've done previously and not take on feedback. So I think that's good. I just think the deployments, as you were saying, and tournament play will be a bit of a bitch. In all honesty, I think if all the long tables, ways deployments you don't normally play, yeah. like most TOs, unless they've got like well, we heaps have. of space between the tables. Yeah, like, we, like we've we have. like like I mean, sorry. We had space between our tables at our event, so come to our events because they're fucking cool. But, <laughs> like, humble brag. But, in general, when we were at events, which we knew we were limited for space on, and we would say, look, mate, we're going to have, like, two or three tables together. We need yeah, to you can't, run. Yeah, you can't we, play long ways. We can't play shifting objectives from the, old, from the old book because it takes up too much space. So... um yeah, I I can see that happening a lot. Like you might play them when you're chill at home, or at smaller tournaments which have more space. Because typically these super large, you know, hundred plus ones, you're not going to have space to walk around the tables. Um, what about the focal points change? What did the focal points change to? They I made it an X instead of a cross. Oh, and then it comes to like a point in the middle. Was that yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Interesting. And same with relocation. They did that weird little diagram, which is probably a lot easier to follow. And it can't yeah. double bounce anymore, which is good. So I think you can I think you can overload one side and go for it. But did no, they fix the scoring on that one? No, it's still, still one in three. Uh no, it's still garbage. Like right yeah. off. Although I was talk- yeah, although I was talking to John the other day about meeting engagements, which I haven't played. I haven't even read. So, John, if you lied to me, I'm going to repeat your lies on the internet and you should feel ashamed. <laughs> um, but he was saying in meeting engagement, the way they have the scoring is they only have four turns and they have uh, you score points at the end of the battle round if you've killed more than your opponent and if you've held more objectives. Which I found really interesting because I don't know about you, Tubby, but I follow the 40k scene sort of curi- curiously from afar, and I like to listen to some of the um, the ITC, which is the Frontline Gaming 40k podcast that they put out there, and they effectively have the same scoring system where if you kill more each turn, you get more points, and if you hold more objectives each turn, you get more points, and then it's bonus objectives, bonus objectives secondary to the main objectives. But essentially, oh, okay. the way you win the game is by killing more and holding more. And Jono was saying that's exactly what they've done in meta engagement, so I was quite surprised that they've just like copied ITC, more or less. I wouldn't want to say blatantly ripped off, but blatantly ripped off ITC. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it sounds like they did it at the Warhammer heat anyway. Weird. Yeah, well, that's what Rob was saying. Is they, yeah, the bottom, bottom yeah. thing of Ruins was you couldn't see in or something? Like... I, it was the ITC rules for Rollins. Yeah, which, which is cool because um, for terrain. Because which I mean, sounds, it sounds good, but I don't, I don't know. People don't like it. I don't know much about 40k. Yeah, I mean, Just to be fair, in this world spills. that we live in, there's like not a lot of original ideas. So let's not say, let's not shit on them for saying you ripped off someone else's system. Let's applaud them for acknowledging that there was a better system outside of their own, like, yeah, what, totally what they made, and they're looking to improve it and offer a better experience and deliver a better product. Like that's probably what we should be talking about. But it's just nice and fun to take jabs every now and then when we can. This is <laughs> what I guess. So I'm wondering if that's um I wonder if that's a little bit of forty K seeping through or creeping in to um AOS. I haven't even looked at well, engagements. I think you'd be like arrogant to say that forty K has stolen or learnt lots of AOS and that we can't do the same when we look back at forty K like I think you'd be full of shit if you're like, nah, nah, AOS is just clearly better. We don't have anything to learn from 40k because AOS is just, just way better. It's like, you nah, I don't be, think so, mate. Like, there's something there that's worth learning. You'd be an absolute fuckwit if you haven't observed the, the two game systems in the last five years and realized that they haven't taken shit from each other. Yeah. So the AOS release, when they start doing War Scrolls, instead of doing, like, here's a unit entry, put custom weapons on it, they have different points, etc. 40k took that. So 40k went from doing ballistic skill, weapon skill, that sort of shit. So, you know, you'd compare yours to theirs, and then whatever the difference was, if yours was favorable, you'd get a more favorable result. Now in 40k, it's like AOS, where you're like, I hit on threes and I wound on twos. 40k is like, my weapon skill is, you know, three, so I hit on three plus. And then my strength is versus their toughness. So it's a bit of old and a bit of new. And then 40k was doing the command point system first, and then now we're doing the command point system. So I assume 40k is going to take something away. Essentially, they're sort of like blending the two in a way that yeah. each of them is like a beta test for the other system and different sort of aspects of the, of the game. And there's easy itself. crossovers between the two. Yeah, well, I mean, the way that... I mean, if they've, if if Rob like is correct, and I don't have any reason not to believe him, but if they've really only got a handful of people 
writing rules for this massive game system that like thousands of people enjoy, then there's going to be some blurred lines to say, isn't there? Yeah, man. Definitely. Um, anyway, let's let's continue with the questions as we're almost an hour in and haven't finished them and <laughs> clicked off the questions. Uh, I don't have them up, so I'm just going to sit here and act like I'm filling space, but I've really got nothing to talk about when I have questions in front of me. Oh, Man's my God. Can paint? Fuck me. He's grabbed that yellow and he's just like smash it bits. Yeah, it's disgusting how well he can do a yellow. Ah, fucking hate him. There's <laughs> 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 uh, two more questions. There's one from Sinful Game. Oh, here we go. Sweet. Sinful Gaming. Is a new faction, sorry, is there a new faction you feel drawn to with any, oh sorry, I'm really bad at reading shit when I've read it for the first time. Is there any new faction that you feel drawn um, to with any of the points changes? Darkling Covens came out strong as did Zenjit and a couple of others. So what he's asking is, did anyone get massive point increases that wanted you to, you know, did you want to collect them after their points drop? Are we really that that shallow? Are we drawn um, to new hotness? Uh, uh, I'm not going to say no, but um, I'd, I'm going to restrain from like splurging on anything else. Like Zen just got me excited when I saw the way that the change host works now. Like that's really cool. Fuck you. Um, I'm going to say no, especially when they got good points. Like you can't say you weren't a little bit interested, but I'm not. I'm not going to swap ship. You got a soft chub, is what you're saying? Yeah, got just a, a small chub. On. Yeah, no, no, just semi. I can tuck it up into my like trouser pant. You got that chub where, like, in the middle of the night, you roll over and you like spoon your spouse, and you're like, "I've got that chub." That's yep. that sort of chub you got to that yeah. half asleep chub. Yeah, yeah, and and they're not like hitting it yet, but like if you see any more points and adjustments, you might get that sort of half chub. Yeah, yeah, boy, I know that. <laughs> I know your chub tubs. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> So, my answer is that the Stormcast that I was expecting to reduce did reduce because uh, I was a bit more observant and I didn't look at six months ago. I was looking forward. And I've also just sunk a shitload of money, uh, a shitload of New Zealand pesos, which is like $42 anywhere else in the world, into corn. So, I've brought, I've effectively just brought a corn army in the last couple of weeks to spend my birthday recently. So, I've had cash to splash. And um, obviously, we don't have the corn points, but. I'm guessing what I brought, I think if anything, the rage might go up, but the rest of it might stay as is, maybe possibly reduce. I don't know. No one's yeah, talking about corn. That's so not an issue. Like everyone's talking yeah. about fleshy to skaven. That's, no. that's what everyone's talking about. You know, I'd so. be very surprised if corn got any like points nerfs. I can't think of a unit other than slaughter priests. I can't really uh, think of a unit that is like sitting there wanting to be dinged. I can only I don't see think units. Priests that... would even be dinged. I think maybe like the mortal heroes, like the aspiring oh, Deathbringer and all that. Priests do too much. Like they do. I, I, would, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. You like, know they, they do remind, way too much. They remind me of relictors at eighty points. I'm suddenly like masturbating over what they do. I'm like, oh my god, they dispel and then they cast a judgment, or well, not cast prayer, judgment, and then they have two more prayers. I'm like, ah, ultimate utility piece. And they unbind. Like how many? Yeah. How many rolls yeah. does this motherfucker yeah. fill? Yeah. Why don't you come talking about this shit? But anyway, that, that's enough of that. Uh, um, last question we have 
is from Nick, which is how much of a points change do you think it will take to make traditionally, in, in quotation marks, good, quote-unquote, units unviable or a quote-unquote bad unit competitive? And then he says in brackets like gun hauler discount versus evocator price rise. Do you have any yeah. that jump out the mind to me? Like, are we looking for specific ones or are we just talking about like price changes in general? Because, well, like, the question is, yeah, is how much of a points change do you think it takes to make a unit from bad to good or good to bad? I think, which, which is like the most open ended question I've ever heard now that I yeah. think about it, because like each different unit fills a different role within an army. So you yeah. can't just say, yeah, 40 points and fuck off or 20 points reduction and I'm in, you know. So I think a lot of the time it comes down to War Scroll, but the exceptions to that is when you look at something like a battle line unit. If a battle line unit dips to like 60, 70 points, any any 60 point battle line unit is fucking busted. Like, uh, fuck off. Like, <laughs> honestly, any how many ones have we seen change? Like, which is like multi, like, so for example, Skinks in the in the old, old edition when they yep. were 60 point order battle line. Yep. Grots. They, Grots it was when broken. they were 60. They were busted. Marauders were 60. Were they, they were, were busted. They destruction battle line? Yeah, man. Though? Because yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Skinks order battle line. Yeah. Just Gr- broken. Grots were. Grots were. Marauders were chaos battle line. Diewolves yeah. were death that's battle right. line. Like, if it's 60 point battle line, it's fucked. Like, put it in your army and roll all over it. So, anything that takes a battle line unit to 60 points is like going from good to busted, in my opinion. Um, and I think most of the time, if they're like on the fringe, a 40 point swing will take them over, depending on what it is, or, or something that is abstract to the army. So you look at uh, something like KO, uh, the minimum you're going to spend on a unit is like 100 points. If you drop below that, that's when you start like, oh, this unit could actually have gone from like not bad to really good. Something like Thunder is like even dropping to 90 points. Um, if they stuck with the 20 point changes and fucking chucked them to 80 points, that'd be ridiculous, you know? Um, but just dropping, just dropping below that, that three digit points line is that's, that's a big pick. That's a big, big change in the army. Um, something like Fire Slayers, you know, they're all like 120 points plus. Um, if any of them even drop down to a hundred, that's that's a that's a big swap. Or to ninety, that's a big swap. Heroes dropping uh, down to eighty or ninety points, that's a that that's going to get an iron. Um, same thing with heroes, man. Sixty point heroes doesn't matter what it is, it's fucked. Um, these forty point heroes are just ridiculous. Like they're a, they're a command ability bot. It doesn't matter what they do if they get your mystic shield. Or, uh, sorry, mystic shield. If they get your inspiring presence there. Or you run six, or you reroll a charge, and they cost you sixty points. They've made their points back immediately. Like, if you want to put one unit on a flank, and you don't want to put your hundred, hundred and twenty point unit, you know, like you don't want to put your your stormcast hero with that unit because that unit's probably going to get fucked. But if it survives, you can CP it. You're not going to put your stormcast hero there, but you'll put your black arc fleet master that costs you forty points there because he costs you forty points. Who gives a fuck if you he dies? If he gets the inspiring presence off, he he changes the game. Like, yeah, uh, it doesn't take big points changes, but things like battle line heroes, small points changes can be huge. Yeah, I I totally agree. I I agree. I mean, I think I know where Nick is going with this question, 
And to be honest, Nick, without like specific examples other than the ones that you've given, uh, Evocators, I think at two twenty are still worth it. I mean, definitely. You look at the you look at the War Scroll in isolation, and you compare that War Scroll to another War Scroll at two hundred points or two sorry two twenty points, and you see what they can do. But then you've got to unpack it and you've got to expand the question and expand the answer as well. Because you go, well, what purpose does this 220-point unit do in my army? Um, you know, it's it's a relatively slow-moving unit at five inches a turn with a high damage output with a magic and dispel capability. Um, it's somewhat self-sustainable, however, it moves slowly around the board. It's a four-up save, so it's an average sort of tanky unit. I'm talking about Evocate specifically here, if you haven't caught on now by listeners. and you know, it's it's relatively good, but then it's all the subtle text that it needs alongside it. Traditionally, you see Evocators on foot with Gavriel, which is just fucking boring as fuck. So all of a sudden, that that 220-point unit turns into a 440-point unit because you have Gavriel, and then, you know, you might need some more command points and shit like that. So yeah. I think it's a loaded question, but I think it's a good question. I think if you give us specific examples, then we can maybe try break it down and unpack it a bit more. But in a general term, I think we've answered it as Sweet boss yeah, I think a lot of the time as well, like if you uh, evocators is an awesome example of a unit because where points changes affect you from on evocators itself, there's other units that they rely on or that directly synergize with them. And if they go one way or the other, it really doesn't matter what happens to the evocator points. If it, you know, say Gav stayed the same, but evocators raised some points, or they both raised, but a CP was worth thirty points. Now you know, like it, do- it doesn't matter at that point because you're always taking this 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 combo of stuff. Only when they grab everything, like it all up, that maybe it can get to the point where it's not viable anymore or not good. And that is exactly the fucking feedback I gave GW back in October and November whenever we were asked to do it. Yeah, as I said, leave the Lord Arcanum on foot at one hundred and eighty points. Yeah, and because then just hurt the six. Because he is the no, no, no! Just leave him and li- and and leave the sticks because then every time you add in sticks, sorry, secretors, I shouldn't just say sticks. <laughs> <laughs> is that every time you add in secretors, you need to leave at least 180 points in reserve to unlock them as a battle line within your stormcast army. It wasn't taxing the unit; it was leaving whatever unlocks them as a tax. Yeah. Or maybe make them more. Maybe make them 200 points. Because the other ones were like 220, 240. And you're effectively paying a tax to unlock those battle lines. Yeah. So you go, yeah, they're 120 points. That's a, you know, that's a really competitive battle line. But effectively, you're paying 360 points, three units of five. And then you're paying 180 points on top of that to unlock them as battle line. You can't just run them as just straight up battle line. Well, the, Ar- you know, the Arcanum so you pay- has dropped, hasn't he? He's 160 now, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's gone so, from 180 to 160. They've tried to they achieve one thing. Yeah, and, I said, and they've gone the no, other way. Leave his war scroll as is. Yeah. Because effectively, so what's happened is you've gained 30 points. In, sorry. You've gained 10 points in your list. Because the Lord Arcanum's dropped 10 points. And those three units of, of sectors have gained 30 points. So you're, you're 10 points worse off than what you were previously. And no one's talking about that. They're all talking about, ah, fuck. It's way more points, you know, and. It's, uh, it's, you know, like units of units in isolation are great, but the ramifications across the whole army is that was the biggest story. And just, yeah, yeah. like anyway, who really took sequences without making them better? It's a minor sort of point of view. It's just, 
uh, like whoever took sequiters without making them battle line because from looking at the points that looks like what they've they tried to change it. like Chris Cousins did it GenCon like sorry anyway what's that sorry Chris Cousins at CanCon did he took you know that old it went battle line C he did mm. he did indeed interesting yeah. yeah but he took a block of twenty with a gav bomb yeah and how did Chris Cousins go how did he go exactly. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you were talking about something, and I interrupted. Uh, no, 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 no. I think that point's done. It's just a bit of a ramble. Okay. Yeah. As as all these questions have been. So our first topic, you know, an hour and ten minutes. In, nice. Is yeah, yeah. Is so we we wanted to have a touch on the terrain or the scenery war scrolls. Oh yeah. Specifically. GW's effectively page 56 is what I'm looking at in the General's Handbook. If you want to follow at home, listeners, mm-hmm. I'm sure you do. Um, so it talks about how you play scenery. My suggestion as a TO is fuck that noise. Don't even don't even acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Uh, right in right in. I mean, I don't know what Tubby feels, but I'm speaking for myself here solely. Is just ignore it. You set the train. Don't make the players do it. Age of Sigma is already a clunky game, which is taking more and more time. Unfortunately, I'd like it to be more streamlined. Uh, it used to be very streamlined. Now it's not. It's funny. We asked for more rules. We got more rules. Now it's not so streamlined, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, ignore it. Set up the train for your players yeah. as a TO or as an individual tubs. As someone who's going to an event and as someone who is hosting an event, how would you like to answer that question? You can answer it in two parts. How how I would like the train to be set up, or would I like to set up my own train? So if you got to a tournament. And they said, follow the GW suggestions where you guys alternate back and forth. How would you feel about that? <laughs> I'd say, are you giving me another 15 minutes to play the game? Because you're taking the fucking piss if you think I can do it in that amount of time. Yeah, exactly. So then as a TO, when you read how GW suggests to do it, or the General's Handbook, or whatever you want to call it, and how will you do it? Will you follow their guideline and tell players to do it? Or you say, no, I'll do it. No, that, that point of the book may as well not even exist, because... I'd be surprised if they even play that at the like the GW Heat events. Like I know there's squish for space in there. Fucking seriously doubt anybody's gonna like push all the train to one side of the board and then get the players to set it up. Like, eh, unlikely. Like it's enough of a nightmare just going around and setting all the tables up, let alone after every single game getting every player to pull the train off the board so every player can reset it up again. Like it's just asking for trouble, asking for questions and asking for jammy janky bullshit that nobody wants to deal with like never nah. not not at any of it my or our events i'm not using that shit <laughs> yep so effectively for our part with uh gw suggests yeah you just set up the train beforehand i mean maybe that's an isolation outside of tournaments i'm not entirely sure um uh, triumphs do you want to talk about triumphs yeah, uh, yeah man can do the six yeah. Yep. Think, so i think they're way less impactful now they used to be a lot better well, instead of having a 33% chance of re-rolling hits, wounds, or saves, mm. you've now got, what is it, like a 15, 17% chance of doing one of those, yep. and you've also got some ones added in, Battle Shock. What, what you've got uh, here now is you've got a D6 roll. On 1 to 3, you get a special ability, on a, and on a 4, 5, 6, you get a command point. So you yep. can uh, pass the Battle Shock phase uh, test, cost you a CP. You can re-roll a charge roll costs your cp or you can use a command ability that costs your cp so 
Sorry about that, listeners. We had to have a, a rare quick break on our end um, due to some explosive behavior by one of the guests. I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but it definitely wasn't Tubbs, and it absolutely was myself. So we were talking about Triumphs, but we can't remember where we were at with Triumphs, so we're just going to go straight into Command Abilities instead of rehashing old shit. So Command Abilities, Tubbs. So previously you had, you know, you can run a six, you can reroll charges, and you can pass Battle Shock. We have three more Command Abilities which is uh, re-roll once in the combat phase, re-roll, sorry, to hit, re-roll once in the combat phase, re-roll once in the shooting phase, and what is the last one? Because I don't even know what it is, because this is fucking great combat. Reroll once to save in the combat phase. So is there much of an impact here? Do you see a use for them? What is your initial impression, Stubbs? Um, Go. So the... One thing that stands out is they haven't redone the old command abilities. So the old command abilities aren't wholly within, unless I assume maybe they might chuck it in the FAQ. Um, yeah, but no. these ones are, so there's a separation there, which is kind of strange. Uh, I think they're real good. They're None of them are game-breaking. Um, the best one is definitely reroll save rolls of one, uh, unless you're looking at a specific unit um, that Subjective to what army you're playing, because yeah. I get a lot of reroll no. ones. You don't in your army, but the, so. yeah, I think I think the save rolls of one uh, it copies over onto more armies that could do with it. Because um, Mystic Shield isn't guaranteed for one, um, and some armies don't have wizards for two, uh, and it's not every fucking army has a reroll hit roll or reroll wound roll ability built in there somewhere but I think it's it's less common to see reroll save rolls and especially on something that you want reroll save rolls on like uh, your ethereal zombie dragon you know you don't even have to cast mystic shield anymore you just you just get it uh, your archeon if you're playing him in a corn list or you're playing him in any list you know you, you, you can just you can just have reroll save rolls at one you don't have to try and cast mystic shield because in reality you're going to come up against armies where you can't do it so yeah that's my hot pick out of them but I think they're fine I think they're game breaking I think they're just um, good little additions which is it's good it's more of a toolbox I think I think they're like lazy rules right to be honest it's like reroll a one of any sort which is cool I mean I think it what what would you have wanted to see though I think it probably how wouldn't like have a bad impact somewhere down the line. Like, like I don't think there needs yeah, to be more, in all honesty. Like, most, most, most armies have a reroll one to hit. Not everyone had a reroll once to wound. You know, not everyone had a reroll once to save. So I think your your prime example of the ethereal zombie dragon with a free up rerolling one to save for a command point is yeah. like the golden ticket, in all honesty. Um, not a lot of armies. I mean, coming from my bias, not a lot of armies have a reroll one to wounds available to them. Ah, uh, sorry, there's no reroll ones to wounds. There's only reroll ones to hits in shooting or combat. Sorry, disregard that, listeners. Um, but yeah, they're they're nothing special. Yeah, I just think they I, I just think yeah. they added it for like the sake of adding it. In all honesty, like you, I think the free that they had were fine. I think it's interesting that it, these are now wholly within instead of within. I. Wouldn't be surprised if the FAQ 
the classic yeah, free one the that we currently thing. have from the previous GHP to be, yeah, yeah, I think that's a good commentary point there. But, I mean, I think the intent is to help armies that have limited command abilities, uh, you know, like the Free Peoples and the Iron Jaws and shit like that. However, I think it will just exasperate armies that have, like, really good command abilities already. Well, they're not going to care. You know, it does, like, this. well, yeah, I mean, but... maybe. I mean, you can't no, purchase exactly. as many command points now, but... So... Did, did Fig have reroll ones? No, but to they hit? get reroll all does, hits, you know. Like, I think. Yeah, no, so that's yeah. bullshit. So I, don't, I think because command points obviously going to be a lot more scarce unless you're playing something like Gits. Like this for Gits is fucking great. Reroll ones the hit. Can't complain if the moon's not on you, but in reality, I think they're not going to get used. Fuck all. Um, apart from reroll ones, reroll ones save just it just stands out, but. I don't, I don't think they have too much of an impact there, here nor there. I think it's a good comment that they could have just not put it in and it wouldn't have made much of a difference. Yeah, I mean, the biggest ones I've seen to date, the most impactful ones for me personally in my games have been the reroll runs, so you get a six, and the Battleshock ones. Um, there's enough reroll charges out there. And, I mean, reroll charge is good, but... It's, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean... You don't really get three trail charges anymore. Yeah. Now that that exists, which is like good, I guess, because it was real feel bad when you when you rolled the double ones, but it was kind of cool. Like <laughs> you could always kind of hope you're like roll double ones, roll double ones, roll double ones, and then every yeah, now and then it happened. If it's a what is it a one in fifty six or a two in fifty six, it sort of feels yeah. good that it can just happen and not be modified. Yeah. And in my humble opinion, you know, is that when something as rare as that happens, you just sort of take it on the chin, it happens. Just like someone's like, I need to cast a spell and they roll a 12 and you're like, well, you know, shit happens. <laughs> you know, like, I'm rolling enough dice it's bound to happen. Uh, yeah. Scenery table. We now so have only one that got changed. changed. Oh, only one that got changed from the normal ones was Arcane. They added plus one to dispelling as well. So that's... Yeah, that needed to, it needs to be happening. Unbinding and dispelling rolls. Well, dispelling yeah. wasn't a thing until nah. the last handbook, until 12 months ago. And dispelling is for endless spells. For the listeners that yeah. don't know, uh, there is a difference between unbinding and dispelling. So when you dispel an endless spell, it is completely different to unbinding a spell that's been cast. Yeah. That's a good change. I like that. Yeah. And then the other six. The other six, holy shit. I like them. I like they add so much more layers to the game because terrain is a huge thing in Age of Sigma if you know how to play it well. Agree. Um and yeah, these are these are fucking awesome. Um I feel like we we could probably go over all of them and um and and talk about them. So number one is well, Yeah, let's just do that. Let's just do hot takes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh overgrown is massive, so it basically gives you a piece where you can't see through it. Um, doesn't matter if you're a monster or if uh, fly matters, but monster doesn't matter. So exactly the same as Sylvanef Wildwood, more or less. Can't see through it unless you can fly. Yeah, and if you draw a line and it crosses over more than one inch, you can't see. So yeah, classically blocks line of sight. So how do we feel about overgrown? Good, good. It adds uh, like. Every now and then, you know, you want a line of sight blocking piece of terrain on the board and you get to the table and you're like, oh, fuck, there's none here. Playing a shooting army. Now you get an opportunity to get it. Like, it's random, but it's 
it's another another tactical element to the game that they've added, and I'm a fan. Hate it. I want to shoot you. Fuck off. I can't fly and shoot you. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's um, <laughs> it's it's probably something the game needed to be honest, especially yeah. in the way that they sort of want to the way they want the way they want to hurt us going forward. I think it's probably much needed, especially with a lot of powerful cut. Okay, so I think every caster who can cast three or more spells can fly in this game as well. So I think it also like I'm thinking Alarial. In the yeah, unless it's like little Marathi, I guess. Yeah, she doesn't fly, but you don't no. use little Marathi for her spells, do you? Yeah, you do. Yeah, that's what you use it for. Stood at the back of the board and cast them thirty-six inches away. Yeah, maybe I should say two or more because that suits my agenda more of what I'm talking about. But no, I yeah, I think it's fine. You know, it's it's probably about it's somewhere. Some minus no blocking terrain, even though we have very open-ended terrain in this game. Um, and then we've got Entangle, Subtract 2, I think this is one you're big on. Subtract 2 from run and charge rolls to a minimum of 0 for units that are within 1 inch of Entangle terrain feature. So, does that mean 1 inch when you finish a charge, or when you start charge, or when you go through a charge? What what does that mean? Uh, well, the way I read it is Subtract 2, blah blah blah, uh, that are within 1 inch, so when you... When you start? When you start. Yep, that's how it, I um, interpret it too. And, and the way I read it is this... It doesn't matter what phase of the game it is. So if you're something like corn, uh, or say bone splitters that can like run in the hero phase, it doesn't it doesn't say subtract two from runs in the movement phase. It just says subtract two from runs. Sort of affects all phases. Um, it's good. I, like it's impactful because you don't have any roll any dice for it to happen. There's no randomness. You know it's there. And you know it's going to affect the game. Um, I don't really like the ones that say roll a six and this could happen because they're really, they're really swingy and they'll either happen lots or they won't happen at all. And you're like, what's the point of the stream pace? Rather, it happened for sure. Yeah, agree, agree. Uh, volcanic. I think this is probably going to be one of the worst. Yeah, don't really to be care. At the start of each hero yeah, phase, roll really dice for each volcanic terrain feature on roll of six. In every each enemy unit, sorry, not each enemy, each unit within one inch. The terrain feature stuff is different, but always super situational. People forget about it. Let's move on. It's it's deadly terrain with the funky yeah, name. Yeah, it's it's deadly terrain on steroids. It's you know instead of yeah. a one, it's a six. <laughs> uh, commanding. Yeah. I think this is the one that most of the internet is talking about. Really yeah, cool. It's um broken. It's, you you say cool, I say bullshit. <laughs> uh, At the yeah. start of, I don't I don't think it's broken because you can compete. You can compete over it. Like, you don't just get it, you know? So, at the start of your hero phase, if your general and no enemy general is within one inch, you get a command. Yeah. Um, but say, so, you can deny it? Yeah, but say I've got a classic anvil's list. It's a biggie. You know, my classic yeah. shoot anvil's list. And say that list yeah. now has two command points instead of one and can operate two range units in the, in the hero phase instead of one. That's yeah. effectively doubling my output for that turn, which is... Not yeah, very is. engaging, but, to be frank. But, but there's only one model that can do it, and I know where he's going every single time. Yeah, and it's... so once once you put him there, get your one command point, and I kill him, or I put my general next to it, and you can't make any use of it. It's like there's counterplay there. It's not you just get it. So I I, I think it's yeah, good. It's not. It's, it's powerful. Obviously, it's not counterplay like the first. You know, it's, it's like 
totally yeah but it's first turn if you if you if if you get him there like if you're lucky enough to get it in your deployment zone cool um but if it's not in your deployment zone and you have to move him there it's also the start of the hero phase so if it's not in your deployment zone you're not going to get it like it's it's the same thing where like if it was any hero i think it would be an issue but because it's just your general it's not an issue in my opinion it's it's good but it's not game breaking or changing i I just think this rule will for the most part as you're sort of implied and talked to will be minimal but every now and then it's going to leave someone like the feel bads or a shitty moment and it's not going to feel too good Um, well yeah when when you roll out terrain now and you you play the game so say the ghb hasn't existed yet you play the game now what do you look for on the table there's only one fucking scenery piece that anybody gives a fuck about and that's You're arcane scrubs it's by far the strongest it's one arcane mystical and like, inspiring otherwise you're bad nah, at the game nah. mysticals mysticals are maybe you're but good like cunt. everybody will pick the side with the arcane <laughs> yeah generally it's arcane like, or you're trying to pick it to deny your opponent from the arcane but, so now you've got a choice to make yeah. if commanding's on one side and arcane's on the other like yeah i i, I, like I mean it. I like them spicing up the rules there. I like them reinvigorating it with a, a new set of rules, but I don't know. I need to play with it, but I think commanding is... I think commanding is maybe a bit much, in all honesty. Um, the way that command points are going, where they're limiting like how you can buy them, you know, with the whole only you can buy the first one with 50 points and beyond that you can't. I think in some matchups it's going to be abusive, and I think it's going to lead to some feel-bads moments in some matchups. And I want to see a game that avoids these feel bads. Oh Jesus! I, yeah, I, I totally. my point by burping. But I want to, yeah, I want to <laughs> see a game that has less feel bads moments, um, because everyone's had plenty of those, and it's not a good time. So healing at the start of your hero phase, roll a dice for each friend in the unit within one inch. On a six, you heal D three wounds. Don't care. I, I it's really organic. good if I it think, goes off. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. Yeah, forgotten about unless you're the one who's trying to heal. Mm-hmm. I think it's stupid. I hate these terrain features that are roll a dice and on this happens. I would just rather, yep. the, you know, I like them when it was three inches. Now that it's one inch, it's a bit more shit. But it's, yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't care about healing. It's like, it's amazing if you look at it and you always roll sixes on all your dice, but in reality, it's fucking much of a butchness. Like, yeah, it's, it's not more impactful than mystical in my opinion. Like. Well, this could definitely get a six up. Get it up front. Six up ward save. Yeah, yeah. healings uh, like fuck all of a chance to get it. Yeah, but and, and you could just get one wound back. You know, like who cares? You lay that in a silver knife army who have multiple ways to heal their own army, and it feels good. You're possibly looking at three or four spells, but but whatever. And the last one, Tubby, I think you've got a, a good this one to talk about or a good point to raise. This one is fuck. Yeah. Um. This, is, this is the one that I think. How do people work? So nullif- nullification. Uh, I'll, I'll read it out because it's quite wordy. Um, in the enemy hero phase, if any heroes from your army are within one inch of a nullification terrain feature, one of them can attempt to unbind one spell in the same manner as a wizard. So what it does is it gives uh, gives you an unbind, which is handy um, for armies that don't have it. It's more of an issue with wizards which have massive buffs to unbind. 
picking up another buff to unbind, like another another unbind attempt is massive. You're really taking control of the magic phase even more than you already were. Um, probably not as much as arcane at that point, but as we go on, it's got some gamey bullshit in there. Uh, so if they can already unbind spells, they can attempt to unbind one more, which is what I was just talking about. Uh, and the part where I can just see it going to shit is, in addition, an endless spell that is set up or finishes a move within one inch of any nullification terrain features is dispelled. So these endless spell lists, like uh, you see get played with the Skaven and the Gits and the Zench, they can abuse the fuck out of this thing. Like, yeah. it's, this is... it's, it's, it, it could be bad. Like if, if I'm playing a game and that goes on the board and I get to choose which side of the board we're playing on, I'm putting that in your deployment zone. Like every time. Because out like casting my gemnids, popping them through your army, debuffing you, damaging you, and then throwing it back into the train piece so it disappears. It can't come back and affect me. I get the AoE damage from it, which is a huge bonus. Keeps you the debuff, and then in my following turn I can fucking cast it again until there's a better like scenario for me to leave it on the board. Like a lot of the time when you're playing these endless spell lists, you're spending you're spending castings, dispelling your endless spell, which you want in a different position. But if that's on the board, you get it for free and it's automatic. There's no, <laughs> you don't even have to roll a dice. You just fucking get it. It's that one is is fuck. That that one I think will have way more of a negative game experience than commanding will. Because like, I know you said commanding will give the feel bads. Just wait until I throw four or five inner spells through your army and then when my double turn rolls around I throw the same four or five inner spells through your army again and hit multiple units each time I do it like it's 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 fucking silly as fuck yeah I um I can see that one getting FAQ'd yeah like, I've, I think it, I don't think they'll pick up on it but I, I can see it getting FAQ'd I, like in in the future I 100% agree I think it needs an FAQ because there's multiple ways I can interpret this, the wording of this, and I can interpret it in a in a jammy fucking beneficial way to myself, or I can interpret it in another way. So, uh, one of the examples we talked about. So, uh, so to read it off for word, it says, uh, in addition, so in addition to its benefits, an endless spell that is set up or finishes. A move within one inch of a nullification terrain feature is dispelled. So does that mean I can, when I run my stormcast, I generally run one to two wizards. It's not a whole lot. They cost a lot of points. It's a it's a high tax. Yep. Can I drop a comet on someone and then it's automatically dispelled? So therefore, I don't need. Yeah, oh, doesn't does it not happen? Yeah, that, yep. does it, does the comet like hit? can the vortex just not hit your army if you put your army around this? Like, yeah, does does this, <laughs> that'd be fucking awesome? Does, but like, yeah. come on, exactly. Does the spell effects happen? And then it's dispelled, or is it set up and then it's immediately dispelled? Because the way I read it is, it's set up and it's immediately dispelled. Yeah, because it says um, an endless spell is set, set, set up or so, finishes a move. So when the spell is set up, it does its effect, and then it's yeah. Dispelled. So it meets requirement and it gets taken off. The board. So can I run one like, wizard and then just endlessly cast comet near this near this piece of scenery? No. Because you won't even get the effect of the comet. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, what, what happens? Yeah, it, does it, just, it, does, it doesn't work. Yeah. The way it's written, it doesn't does work. Does it not work? And that's, or does it, does it work no. and then dispel? Like, what happens? Yeah. Well, like, if you read the requirement for it, 
uh, an endless spell that is set up or finishes. So the second you set it up, it is dispelled. It's dispelled. Yeah. Like you set up the model and then you do its effect, right? Like that's the order that you do it in. So you set it up and then it's dispelled. Like I, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Like which one goes first? Like you are, it is your turn. You do get to pick, but the way I'm reading it is you set it up and it fucking comes straight off. Yeah, the I think, I think if it works the other way around. But if if you work it the other way around, it's just as abusive. Where you set up your comet just and keep pinging it. Well, that's what I'm worried about. Is that people with one wizard? Like, yeah, is that people will read uh, this and go, "One wizard." Like, an example, yeah. a beautiful man that I know by the name of Nathan, who is a beautiful man. That's all I say about him. Was dropping comments on me at CanCon like a motherfucker, like I was Nagasaki and he was United States, and. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't even get it off, which is the funny thing. And because someone like him, this beautiful man that is Nathan, drop these comments and then recycle them for his throne piece, or could he drop them and then the spells nullified instantly? Like, yeah. And that's the thing is because like GW rules writing isn't very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they seem to do well, do well, do well, and then it gets to like and then they let something, something really powerful, yeah. and they're like. We'll let the fucking intern write this one because go go hard, Steve. And Steve's just like, oh, right, fucking nullification. Here we go. Yeah, like, I saw Mr. <laughs> arguing about something online today, which was quite similar to that. And it was about activation wars, and they were talking about like, uh, so Mr. Shorts was saying something like, it says you can pile in twice. However, it doesn't say you can immediately pile in twice. And Mr. Shorts was taking the stance that. Because it doesn't say immediately pile in, you can just pile in twice, so like one after the other. And the internet will say, no, 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 I fucking read that as immediately, but yet it like emits the, whatever. It's yeah. like, the rules writing is inconsistent, and I think most of us know that at this point in time. Anywho, so that's the train that we want to talk about. So, quick take winners and losers. Do you have any winners uh, and losers, Tubbs, from... The points changes that the, we know about. The points changes? Yeah. I mean, um, I, I can prefix this by saying the points changes feel six to seven months old. Yeah. They, they feel like Agreed. we are living in a meta of late 2018. Like, they genuinely yeah. do. And, and I'm not, and I don't mean this in a bad way to GW. I'm not trying to shit on anyone or anything of sorts. But I read this and I go, wow. Evocators with a big bomb. How long ago did you print the book? Yeah, was was an issue wow. six months ago. Nagash and Grimgast was an issue six months ago. Thought of the cane. I think flew under the radar. Tubbs might argue differently. And Zinch got a buff because no one was playing him. Um, Seraphon got kicked in the teeth for some part, but yet they still do all right in other areas. You know, like so. It's it's not as, like- it's not as reactive as what I was. It's not as fluid or agile as what I'd like it to be. Is what I'd I like. It. I like it's, the direction. I think it's good, but it's not current. Is what I'd say. No, yeah. So I like the direction that they've taken the the changes in. How they haven't just smashed twenty point swings on everything. They've probably done more ten point swings than ten uh, twenty point swings. Yeah, and I applaud that. That's and that's new. great. And that's, that's fucking that's, awesome. That's new by GW. Um, but yeah, uh, like, when the fuck did they print half of these changes? Because a lot of them are just like, 
it wasn't an issue anymore or like it could have done with the change but it, everything didn't need to get changed because there was only one one point but it, it, in in general i like it it makes me wonder what they're going to do with these faq changes so uh corn scaven feck uh, Gloom Spikes, Slanesh, Slanesh, and Fire Slayers. Six or six um, books right there. Being more recent and seeing the way that they've approached changes, which is what seems like six month ago changes, are they going to hit them harder or are they going to hit them softer? Like, I assume they're going to hit them the same. Like, I hope they hit them the same as what they've done in the book because we've seen them in the past go to KO and go to Zench and just literally chuck them in the bin. Um, which is bad, and no, nobody wants that to happen to the army. They've spent money on it. They they want to play the game, but they don't want hot garbage on the table. Um, so the changes are good, but I hope they put them in the same way that they've put these changes to Stormcast, which, like, they've done the same thing to what they've done to Stormcast to 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 Skaven and coming, you know, like. Some things have definitely slipped under the radar, but some things are so 2018. Um, it's 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 a weird mix, but I do like the way that they're going with it. Um, Archeon talking yeah, about... I feel like some of the points changes are appropriate, <laughs> but I feel like they are very... I don't know. I'm, I'm trying really hard not to shit on what they've done because I like... I like, I, like I like the fact that I play a very I, I, manual game. I think that's and that they're willing to update it every six months. I I very much enjoy that piece of it. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I didn't play an eight and seven edition where people will tell you that the meta was the same for four or five months. Well, not sorry, four or five months, four or five years. By the sounds of it, you know, there's like dark elves, wanderers, uh, essentially elves ruled the game from what I understand. As someone who didn't play the game at the time. And Chaos Demons. Um, that is my minimal perception looking in from what I've heard online. However, I look at these points changes and I feel like a lot of them aren't address- addressing the current meta. And I feel like they're rather dated. Um, I feel like there are some winners in here. I think the Illuminarch on Haish without a Battle Mage at 160 points. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the hurricane. good. The Hurricane at 300 points is a bit more taxi, but 160 point six up ward save with a laser that shoots 30 inches on freeze and freeze does rent two d6 damage with ways to reroll ones is um pretty good. Yeah, I don't, uh, plus I don't, plus one unbind, but the the yeah, the hurricane is plus, uh, plus one, one unbind, so. but it's only it's only limited to glitch arcane, okay? So um, it makes me wonder is something happening with them because these changes are like out the gate so I don't if if we come back in three months time and it's still the same I'd be very surprised I th- I'd say something's happening with um them and maybe Free Guild because Free Guild yeah. got a lot of changes too no, but I, this is all just speculation I mean, um, because those are those are outright way different to the stance that yeah I mean on the rumor from. lines that I'm on and I'm not as clued in as anyone else to be honest I I hear shit from a few people who are very like mainline and put their opinions out there publicly so 
I'm not saying I'm including us anyone else, but I don't think there is a free guild book coming, is what I'd say, in reaction to your comment just sent, Tubbs. Um, but, like, I, I think they're trying to separate the whole because you send the Phoenix Temple as well. You know, they're trying to separate the rider because it never made sense that you could take a, a hurricane with a mage or without a mage at the same point cost. And with a mage, you get a, a, yeah, a spell, which is bullshit. Like, this is shit they should have addressed three or four years ago. I mean, yeah, uh, it's. I don't know. Like, points changes. If it's literally that, I'm going to be real disappointed, but I guess I'm looking at it with more more optimism than that. Like, what are they going to do? They're going to make Terrorgeists the 20 points more with Gil King on top, and then make Unridden Terrorgeists, like, 240 points instead. Like, that's that's not how it works. <laughs> you can't, you don't just chuck them either way, like, separate in the middle and go, because if that's what they've actually done, that's a massive fuck-up. Well, I don't think, um, They've really decided on what's like an acceptable points level for a monster. To be fair, yeah, yeah, because like monster, yeah. What was the Phoenix? He was like two forty, two sixty. Is that right? Yeah, he was two eighty before. I think yeah, with the anointed on points. top. And the Phoenix is like you know it gets five up save, and it can get pluses to its save, but it's not like a massive damage deal. Like a yeah, but it plays a completely different role. I think at two forty points, that unridden phoenix is pretty fucking tasty. Yeah, it doesn't have the four up ward. It has the attunement to magic. It has the blizzard effect. Yeah, still minus one to wound. Good combat stats. It's fast. Throw, throw two or three one save. Like, it. it is what it is. I think GW are really hamstrung at the moment with where they want to put monsters, and I think they have a hard time doing so. And I would agree, sort of rightfully, with that. Like, I think monsters are quite unwritten monsters, but all that specifically are quite, quite hard to points judge in, in this method anyway. Um, because the writer normally brings on like all the, the benefit effects, the rerolls and the, Jesus, sorry, and the command abilities and the rest of it, the special rules. Yeah, just being able to spend command abilities is pretty. Uh, yeah, points is pretty big. Exactly. That that should definitely be factored into it. And maybe that's what they've done. Um, I don't know, but if 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 that's actually where that's going, it'd be yeah, pretty I mean, down. I know. So to talk about like winners and losers of the GHB twenty nineteen, like I don't, I genuinely do feel like this book was reader published six months ago before we knew what the new armies were. And I feel like we were put in a position to ask to answer questions that we didn't know all the answers to, and I feel bad about like that because I feel like we've done the public a disservice um, by not offering a quality product with like further insight and all honesty. And it's on on the plus side though, it it does feel like they've actually taken um the opinions that they've asked for into into thought when they've when they've published some of this because it really is what what people would ask for six months ago you know um which is cool but it was cool six months ago not cool now like i don't know what the print time for this shit is but yeah yeah well that's yeah 
hopefully in future they take it and they FAQ it straight away. So they just start FAQing points off of off of what we've done, what like what we've done in the past where we give our points feedback. Um, and then it comes through in an FAQ, not a book, whereas it can be more more, more instant. Um, but like I like I like that I look at it and I can see that someone's actually listened to something that somebody said at some point and not just what Steve and the fucking points department has thought things should be because clearly Steve has no fucking idea what he's doing. Yeah, to be fair, if they asked me six months ago, if they gave me this book six months ago and said, and this is what the points I'll are going like, to be, I'd be like, mean. fantastic. Like, I genuinely would be like, yeah. yes. You know, in the last year, yeah. this is excellent. You're addressing all the issues at hand. This is great. However, they've released Glimpsefight, Bush Eaters, Skaven, Corn, Biosleavers, Slanesh, Silvernef, Seven Armies. Well, they haven't released Silvernef officially, but, you know, they're on the come. Yeah. Like, we, we know. We've all read, we've all read <laughs> yeah. the rules. Seven Armies since this book. And some of those armies we've been able to test, yeah. and some of them we haven't been able to test. And it'll be interesting to see what they do. Because apparently when Jewish Johnson sits down with yep. a notepad and a pen, everything gets fucked up. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's fair comment. Pretty fair. To go back to the original topic or question at point, do you have any immediate winners from the GHB or do you have any immediate losers from the GHB? My friend? Um, okay, I'm going to just yep. flick through a few things. Um, I think Gores at 70... 70- Scores at 70 points allied into other armies is fucking And awesome. a line across Chaos? Um, yes, yeah. The the Chaos battle line for 70 points with a 4-up save is fucking tasty as fuck. Um, Zench got a good buff, but the thing that everyone's been hyped about is playing this change host, and that relies on endless spells, and all the endless spells got points hikes, so... While your pink horrors dropped 20 points, your gemnids raised 20 points, your pendulum raised 10, your shackles raised 20, your swords raised 10, you know? Like, you've had a swing down on points, which is cool, um, but you've also had the things that you need to operate your army the way it works have all been lifted. So really, you're more or less going to be in the same place uh, until you start really abusing the other things that have changed points, like maybe the the blues and the brims dropping slightly. Um, but you need the pinks for the whole list to work. So has that really impacted it as much as people think? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. Um, but I think there's more layers than just looking at, oh, pink horrors have dropped 20 points because um, I think there's more to it than that. Uh, <laughs> removing all of the silver tower miniatures. Um, cool, sweet. I hated the fucking gaunt summoner and all his familiars. He can fuck right off. Um, same as the mortality glass dickhead. They can they can leave. I don't care. Um, it probably feels bad for people that run out and and brought them and ruddy rah. But some of them had obviously very twisted rules, being the the summoner, the mortality glass dude, and the death runner skaven guy. He was he was silly as well. They they were made for a board game, not for the Warhammer game, and they've clearly um, shown us that by kicking them out the GHB. So yeah. they don't exist. Um, Nurgle, Nurgle got kicked in the dick. They didn't get the changes they needed. Um, they got some good... They got de- uh, buffs around the board, 
but the buffs weren't in the right places. All their buffs were in spots nobody gives much of a fuck about. Um, nobody cares that Beast dropped 20 points, I don't think. Um, the the Blight Lords on the drones, nobody really cares about. Uh, the three named heroes, that's quite cool, but they might see their way into a list now. Um, it's, it's not really setting the world on fire, you know. Um, Slaves to Darkness, nobody really cares about the changes there. Uh, legions, I really like the changes to Legions, bar the big man. So Diables going up to 70 points is perfect. Now they're good, but not broken. They're not 60 points anymore. Necromancer going up is great. He was fucking stupid, 110 points, taking the piss. Um, Arcane going up is fair. Um, he's super impactful in a game where you have no counter to Arcan. You can say it's your fault for not having counter to Arcan, but in reality, I think he had too much impact in the game at 320 points. Right, he didn't get a huge so uh, points hike. But, the, the but yeah, but he got, he got, he got enough. Yeah, and he's, you always saw him in Sacrament, so really he's plus three to cast, plus three to unbind. For 320 points, man, he's, he was a fucking steal. Um, I like that they dumped Manfred down in points. That was wicked. Uh, Neff come down. Now Neff is quite competitive, in my opinion. Um, command points being a little bit more restrictive might change that, but I don't know. Um, graveguard change was good. The rest of it is much of a muchness. Uh, Nighthaunt. Nighthaunt was fucking sweet. Nighthaunt got some awesome buffs. Um, I think a real Nighthaunt players don't really care about Grimgast Reapers going up 20 points. Like, I think you might see one in a unit, but if you're playing Nighthaunt, I think the way it should be played, uh, which is very similar to the way Ash McEwen plays it, where he takes lots of small units to to do the one thing that they do special, and that's fighting in the charge base with uh, with Wave of Terror. You're not spending 160 points on one unit or 140 points on one unit. You're spending it 80 or 90 points on uh, Revenants or uh, Banshees or Chain Rasp, you know, fucking whatever. Just you're not spending over 100 points on a unit because you want to MSU it as much as you can. Uh, and spending over 100 points on a unit is too much to achieve that. Um, Beast Claw Raiders, they're still got the same fucking problem. They've got no models. They, they just can't compete in a game that uh, revolves around having models on a point when you have an army with 12 models in it, you know? Like, it's not going to work. Iron Jaws got a good buff, in my opinion. Iron Jaws got a good push in the right direction. Some stuff could have changed more, but, you know, I'd rather I'd rather the, the push in the right direction over an army in its entirety, like what they've done, um, than just buffing the fuck out of one thing so it's ridiculous, and you just see an army spammed of, I don't know, Ard Boys, you know? I'd, I'd, I'd well rather see this where they've like drop points on all the battalions, drop points on brutes, drop points on hard boys, drop points on the cabbages, because then you're going to see a, a mixture of different things and not just one unit spammed. Because the I'd, I'd do it for the most question, like. But I was just going to say like, what has changed about Iron Jaws? Like, when we talk about what is good or what is bad, like what has changed? Like fundamentally, but you've just knocked out. You've just said that a bunch of the war scrolls been knocked down in points and the battalions been knocked down. So in total, it lowers the it lowers the points in the list that have been kicking around, um, which which is good. Like you, that's what you want to see. You, you want to see your entire army drop and not just a couple units drop. I think it's I think it's pretty good. 
um all this hurricanium and luminarch shit is fucked i don't yeah i'm just gonna skip over it um we'll talk about daughters later dispossessed and stuff nobody cares about sorry sorry nathan sorry dan um free people's changes whatever uh Idenf, i really like the idnf the direction they've gone in it i don't think they're a winner or a loser um, I think it just means that you can't put 27 eels on the board and be like, oh, look how fun I think my army is. Because... In all honesty. Like, going... I, I think the eels could have gone up I think another the eels 10 points. dodged a fucking massive bullet. I think the eels got away so scot-free. Um, in all honesty. Mm. Like, I... Yeah, yeah, I... <laughs> I mean, I think they could have gone up more. Um, 10 points is, is pretty soft-cocked. I mean, who was the guy who went up a bunch of points? The Soul Scryer, who gave him the charge. Is that correct? Yeah, and he, you know he's 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 one of the bigger issues there. Like they've they've done it right, I think, on the IDNF. Like I think Morsar could have gone to one eighty, and I think Ishlan could have gone to one sixty, and that would have been a better change. Um, but a push in the right direction is better than absolutely nothing or grabbing someone's INF army and chucking it in the bin because in reality everybody has way too many eels and the second you buff that through the roof you see stuff like KO what they did to KO and you know they nerfed KO and you didn't fucking see it anymore um, which is which is a shame because you know it's a brand new army KO had only really just come out had five minutes in the sun and then got put straight in the bin yeah literally um, like two or three good showings and they were gone yeah, so I, I'm I'm happy with the changes. They could have done more, um, but it's it, it it's helped with this eel spam. I know the lists with reavers and uh, thralls in them have pretty much stayed the same, but that's that I I think those lists are fine. I think those lists are great. Like you have a mixture of things on the board. You don't just have twenty plus eels. Um, you you have an army. When you put it on the table, it looks like an army and not like a whole bunch of squiggly things sitting on bases. Like it's 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 good. And I and I hope the 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 competitive lists in INF go the way of that I think it's Namadi Corps is what it's called. Um go the way of that. Whereas their lists don't really change, but now they've picked up some foot troops because it'll be a lot more fun to play against. Um KO got a massive buff. KO got the fucking <clears throat> I think the biggest buff in the book maybe KO did. Would you agree? Um Yeah, sorry, I, I am Frigate yeah, dropped I'm, massive points. Yeah, I otherwise I think KO I mean if you're a KO player, like you you've been in and out of the ring the whole time. You know, you went from having a very powerful book to being like minimalized and, and had nothing been back been good been nothing again i mean i i really don't think gw know what they want to do with ko and honestly i think it's such a volatile army they have no idea they don't know if it's the heroes they don't know if they have units so much i mean i mean they do like ko is ko has huge upside potential but like yeah it's so fucking volatile because at the same of a finger, someone could just put out a good KO army and, I don't know, GW just overreacts and just nerfs it to the ground. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's yeah. a Vanessa army. I, it's, 
That's one style, and if you don't play that one style, then you're fucked. Like, quite frankly, you're fucked. And and they were like, it's too good. No, we'll push it back. No, we'll bring it forward. No, we'll push it like it's, it's all over the place. I, I don't get it. Like, I genuinely don't get what they're doing with KO. I don't think they know what they want KO to be. I think they want it to be balloon guys who can, like, charge and shoot and all that sort of shit. But I... So when I look at KO and people say that they need a book rewrite, um, the way I agree with that, but the way I interpret it is that if you look at a combat unit and you look at a shooting unit, a shooting unit has less damage output than a combat unit does every time um, because there's there's downsides to combat. You can hit back. There's no downside to shooting. So shooting in almost every game ever, combat will do more damage than shooting, but shooting has more versatility. When they're at the KO book, they put too much damage into the shooting so they're stuck in this weird loop where if they make it too expensive, it's going to be balls because all they have is shooting. But if they make it too cheap, it's going to be aids like it was before um, where they have the damage output of a combat army in a shooting army. And it's just, it's all over the show. So I think they need to take their units, dull down the damage a little bit, but make them like at a cheaper points cost to, to where it works out to the rest of the shooting units in the game, except you can take a whole army of it. So I, I don't know if that's an easy thing to work out, but th- I think that's a step in the right direction for KO. Uh, Order Draconis looks like it got a little bit dicked on. I don't know about much about it. Uh, Seraphon got, got dicked on. They they lost out hard. Um, bad, bad changes. Um, Stormcast. We can talk about Stormcast when we come back to the dock, I guess. Uh, where are we through to, oh, Endless Spells, I guess we cover over. Um, Pendulum going up, I don't, 50 points seems pretty expensive for Pendulum. It puts it in line with a CP now as well, which is a bit of a biggie. Uh, I think it's still viable, but I think it's a little bit more niche than it was before. Uh, Cogs going up 20 points is... I think it's. Beer, I think it's the biggest. I think, and the armies that could actually deal with. I think Cox is the biggest change to be honest. Beer. Like it's, it's not one I didn't expect, but it's one that um I think like. I think it's an abusive spell. Cox yeah, is game changer. I think it's. Man. I think it's hugely abusive. Yeah, yeah, it's versatile as fuck, and the armies that use it and use it well, can completely like tip the game on its head with with cogs built into their list like if you're building a list around you build a list around cogs man like cogs is an endless spell and it cost 60 points previously now it costs 80 and you'd write your list around cogs like if you had shit that that teleported nine inches and charged cogs was was one of the things that you wrote your whole list around like nighthaunt you take reichnor uh so you can get cogs off easier, so it makes your army function way stronger. Um, cogs is a massive spell, and I'm not surprised to see it go to 80 points at all. No, I I, I agree. Um, it's um, it's a good spell. It can be abused one or two ways. Yeah. It can be pumped up in a in, in legion like I mean, as you're talking about, um, or any army that can run charge. Or it can be like from bed to it's like a Saint Charmy who casts a lot of spells as it is, 
That's what my spell is. You know, Disney dice and the rest of the shit. It's... Yeah, just adding a spell to your fucking chicken is 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 pretty big. Like, it's like fifty percent more. It's it's a lot. Yeah, it's um, the command ability. Geminids... You get to like generate more summoning points on top of whatever you summon as well. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, exactly. Like it overflows into more things. Like. You look at it and you just look at the spell, but when you apply it to different situations and different armies, it has a completely oh, different right. impact. And if it didn't, if it impacts you so much that now you don't take cogs, I don't think you needed cogs in the first place. Yeah. I think if you took cogs before, you'd still fucking take cogs. I think cogs they now. completely overlooked the whole reroll, um, command. Oh, sorry, not reroll. Reroll re armor saves, saves and yeah, another cast. Because like, you could, you could like literally cast it with one wizard. And then get another wizard, or like a combat wizard to finger fuck it. Oh, that's what I say. Yeah. Everyone might be like, what are you talking about? But I just yeah. do just shit with my fingers. And you can literally, like, <laughs> a unit evocators could finger fuck it and reroll saves. You know, like, what? Like, actually? It's, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit nuts. It's a bit nuts. Um, Geminids needed the nerf hammer, and I think 60 points is still cheap. Um, but it's just a big barrier to entry. It's now more than a command point, which is a biggie. I think it could have gone 70. Um, that would have probably been the limit. I think 60 is a pretty sweet spot for it, to be honest. I'm pretty happy with that change. Um, Maelstrom at 10 points is a fucking piss take. Like, what what the fuck is going on it, there? The spell can be really impactful, and it costs literally a spell that no one ever took ever. Like, I know, but it didn't mean it was necessarily bad. Like, if you left it at twenty now, it would be in a lot better space than it was before. But ten points now, I think, is like almost an auto include in a yeah, lot of. I mean, a lot of armies, especially if I've only got one cast. If I was playing Stormcast, man, I'd, and I had ten points yeah. left over. Hundred percent. Have you ever followed like any of GW's trends and realized what they work on? They work on statistical data, and like, yeah, it's like yeah, exactly. No one, it. literally, no one takes Maelstrom. Like, I mean, no. not as bad. It's situational. You know, like if you come, if, if you play, if you play a five game tournament and you come up against like three corn players and two fire slave players and stuff like, but if you come up against like cost you 10 points like it's, it's, yeah, it's like, nothing like it's like, it's absolutely nothing. exactly and, and that's what it is is it it's literally a triumph that you roll a d6 on it and you can get something get something bad like it's not a big deal yeah so i don't know like when i have a cast off in it i'll fit it in but it's yeah, I'd take uh, a uh, caster yeah. every time, man. Like, you're only going to have one caster. Imagine if you had an indefinite amount of casters with the Maelstrom, like, or you always took away uh, one of their casts per turn trying to dispel the Maelstrom. And it's not easy to dispel. I think it casts one of seven. Um, it's, <laughs> it's fucking so good at 10 points. It's, it's, it's definitely the most underpointed spell in the and the endless spells. I, I think. think in twelve months' time we're going to be talking about this. You know, we're going to, and I yeah. don't think we'll be talking about it in the same way as we're talking about like Geminids or anything like that. But we'll be like, nah. how the fuck did they let ten points go on that spell? They're like, uh -huh. and that's what it'll be. Uh -huh. It won't be like, 
holy shit, this this thing was game changing. I just feel like, what the fuck were they thinking twelve months ago? But now it's talking about ten point Nostrum. Yep. You know, everyone with a casting army is gonna like pull their fucking hair out when this thing actually starts to go on the table, and they realize how cunty and annoying it is. Like, and when you like, you know, sixty point hags were annoying. Like ten points for an endless spell that fucks your casting over is. Sixty point hags will never be in, like will never stop being annoying, bro. No, 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 no. But like, would I rather pay forty points for Hex Scourge Skulls or ten points for Maelstrom? Uh, Hex Scourge Skulls look pretty fucking terrible right now. Like, like Maelstrom is just so, so, so good. Well, some of um, they can't be dispelled with a reroll. Yeah, but it doesn't hang around. No, no. I mean, Maelstrom feeds off yeah. magic, so on and so forth. Blow up yep. to damage. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Purple Sun. I don't even know what to think about it. Um, to be honest, it's a swing as fuck spell, and it's probably closer to where it should have been. You, to start you off read with. the War like, Scroll. I, I don't know the impact. I think you read the War Scroll and you go, "Shit, that's amazing." And you hear about the reputation from like seventh and eighth edition, and you're like, "Whoa, that's gonna be." Here's the points, and I think that's what I got done. I think it literally got fucked in the ass by previous edition. Like genres, in all honesty. Like the yeah. fact that you could roll six dice and roll two sixes, and the people some would take off half the event time from, you know, people who played the edition. And you're just like, oh, well, that sounds like shit. You know, that sounds real uninteractive. And then, and that's what it was. I think people son lived and died by its reputation. Yeah, but yeah, fifty points. I don't, I don't know. It might be fine. It might be too cheap. It might be. Too much still. I'd, I'd fucking pass, pass on that thing. It's so swingy that yeah. Um, swords going up ten points was waiting for it. Um, it's way too good against chaos to be twenty points in my opinion. Um, the jaws dropping ten points was a good change. To be honest, all these uh, bringing a lot of these to thirty points, like the the smaller damage, uh, predatory in the spells is a good change. I think. Um, jaws was shit forty. 30 it's way better hard to cast though so that's that's really the downside to to jaws so it's so hard to cast and it sets up close to you so while the fact that the other predatories have gone up and that went down it does have a lot of downsides as long as as well as some good sides uh shackles at 40 points is too much 30 points um it's too easy to dispel to be 40 points, in my opinion. Uh, Gravetide at 20 is a good change. It's pretty fucking terrible. Um, it blocks a lot of space, but it plays so close to you that it's pretty useless. Um, 20 points is probably right for it. And Spell Portal going up 70 is totally fine in my books. Um, same thing as Cogs. It's got a lot of, lot of spillover into a lot of bullshit. Um, that a 10 point hike in it is really not the end of the world. Nagash is changing games with it. Um, Great and Clean Ones are doing some weird bullshit with it. Um, yeah. I know it's only one cast, but it can it can really be game changing. But not, not as much as Cogs. Um, but if you were taking it before at 60 points, you're still taking it now at 70 points. 
do you want to talk about um, Stormcast, bro? Do I ever? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Bet you do. Always. Been waiting oh, for it. Basically, <laughs> all the time. Like, stop talking about the other armies and get to the. No, no, I, I think it's I think it's valuable coverage. Right, in all honesty, because I think there's a lot of endless spells that people don't even talk about, which you ever have now acknowledged, and you're getting like discounts and so on and so forth. Um, so Stormcast. Yeah. So what has changed? Like, I mean, if you didn't blister up ten points, you like it? Yes, well, no. I mean, like, if you. If you didn't see that coming, in, I don't know. I could say something really derogatory, in all honesty. Um, you look at... This, this is what I was talking about six months ago. If you're looking at the army trending six months ago, this is what the army got hit with. So ballistas went up, sequences went up, evocators went up, arcanums come down, slightly offset to you know, if that was the army you were building, I'm I'm sorry, if you're building the Gav Bomb with Secretors and Evocators, I'm sorry, you got fucked. And by you got fucked, I mean, you weren't, like, present enough of mind to realise what the fuck was going on. In all honesty. Yeah. Like, me and Toby have been saying since November, December last year, that you need to shoot with a sun. And it is not the most, it's, it's not the best shooting army, because Shooting encompasses a lot of things. So when we talk about Skaven, they have a magic, excuse me, they have a magic range that can outdo Stormcast. But what I mean by that, they, oh Jesus, they can play, play sports decks. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. Two bottles of wine yeah, right now. <laughs> I don't know how what it's going to come up on the podcast, but I fucking felt it. Anyway. <laughs> when we talk about Skaven with their range threat, they can deploy Vortex 27 inches away. And Vortex gets set up and then gets sent up seven inches away and gets set up at seven six inches away from that. Stormcast don't have that range in their magic phase. So Skaven have a lot of ability to touch the edge of Vortex. Whereas Stormcast, essentially if you're running a Vanguard Wing, which no one, no one ever was running a Vanguard Wing, um, they got cheaper, which is great. But we'll just, we'll just touch on We'll, we'll quickly dabble on, touch on the changes. Yeah. So, Ballista change, I think, is fair. Ballista change. 100 points was, like, you look at every other artillery in the game, there's not a single one for 100 points. 100 points is too cheap. 110 is a good change. It's not a smash, but it's enough to be like, hey, let's put you back into line a little bit more. Yeah, I have no issue with the ballista change. It, it essentially makes you ask the question. That's like exactly what it does. Like, it, yeah, only affects people that take. Yeah, it uh, like, and it like a forty a forty point change across four ballistas. If that's what you're running, so it went from a hundred points to one hundred and ten points. It's not a big deal. If if you want to make up those points, you'll make up those points. But I am, I'm not at a persuasion of ballistas. I think it's just, you know, so it's, so it's fine. Yeah. So, Aventus, Fire Strike. Who the, f- who the fuck is that? Yeah, drop 20 points. Not, Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, literally doesn't matter. Gave for not 20 points. Expect, Fair. like, you can't complain about that. If, if anything, you could complain that he, he didn't go up enough. If, in all honesty. Now, now, if they, 
they come along and they stop his um, command ability stacking, I think there's more of an argument that that is too hard. But currently, as it sits, whereas command ability stacks, 120 is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, well, about three or four months, well, probably even longer than they go, five, six months ago, when they release maybe 2.2, just before Christmas, they were talking about do command like, ability stack, but say they don't stack and so on. It was a talking point then, but it doesn't matter. It's not an issue. Whatever. Give going up. Points is um, not a big deal. Lord Aquila coming down 20 points. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, there's something wrong with that. It's pretty more in line. If you're on an Vanguard army, it's it's great. As Tubby said, I mean, we'll get into that gun a bit more. We'll summarize it a bit more in depth. The Arcanum coming down 20 points. Off Stupid change. Yeah, it, it offsets your second force change by 10 points. Stupid. Makes sequel to change fucking pointless. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Well, Arcanum on Dracoline coming down was a bit ridiculous. Like, and I don't want to see, if you've seen the command ability, it lets you, uh, you can stack attacks on the Dracoline's um, profile. So you can give them multiple attacks on Dracoline profile for real cheap. It's fucking dumb. Um, the Griff Charger. Yeah, it's got a good same thing. He's he's got a good command ability. Otherwise, it's pretty useless. Uh, Lord, yeah, I think he was fine at two twenty, and the other one could have stayed at two forty. Yeah, the Lord Castellan at one twenty. To be fair, is is like is, is, I think it's very fair. To be to be quite frank, yeah. Like a plus one save, one twenty points. You're not complaining about that. You get a pretty good Griff Charger. It's fair. Like I think it's genuinely fair. I don't. I I wouldn't be crying about that. Uh, Lord Exorcus. He should have been one hundred and ten. Yeah, one hundred and ten, maybe a hundred. Like he is actually useless. He at one hundred and twenty points, you'll still never see him on the table. He doesn't have like the exploding shard ability that the Arcanum has or the Encanter has. His spell is really situational. Um, yeah. The only... No buffs to cast, no nothing. He's shit. He's, like, he's genuinely shit. He's, he's a poo he, wizard he's, for 120 he's points. He's a wizard with a free upside. And it's like, literally... Yeah. Like, there's... Yeah. there's he could have come down harder. Yeah. Uh, and then we go down to the casters. 240 is probably in line. You know, do mortal wounds when they run sixes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the decimator, I think they're still too expensive. I think the decimator is a way situational because their issue is that when you add uh, more models to the unit, they get more attacks. But to get more attacks, you have to take more models, and it's you. You want to run them in the MSU, and you're going to be running them in like four to six units. It's, they're pretty awful. Like the direct lines shoot really well. The Tempestors. They when they change their scroll, they fuck Tempestus. Yeah. They're still, yeah, still useless. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, they were great before. Now they're yeah. now they're stupid. We got Eva Cadets. Um, two twenty. They're right. So that's fine. That's fine. Prosecutors to ninety, I think, is fine. They're pretty good pick now, to be honest. Um, it puts them in line with something like Harpies, which is what they were sort of competing for. Um. I know Harpies can deep strike and ruddy ra, but Harpies outside of Daughters of Cain are nowhere near as resilient 
uh, as prosecutors and prosecutors have probably better damage to be honest harpies get their one blow up turn but prosecutors get longer and good range with the with the javelins don't worry about the hammer guys hammer guys are just hot garbage and always will be um protectors i think at 180 uh i i didn't mind them before i think they're probably your best um paladin yeah. choice they've got what? lots of good attacks what? they've got good reach um they've got damage against monsters they've got damage against elites they're still the same fucking slow paladins but they're they're um they're the best pick out of the paladins i think yeah the issue is that they um just what and 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 that's literally it like they're they're a good choice they have good reach they have good damage they have good output they have a good number of attacks their bravery sucks their movement sucks the armor save is pretty average but they move slow and that's it as soon as they're on the table that's it um and then we go to six tours talked about it earlier with the arcanum change yeah you know it, good it, change it, but they fucked it up with the yeah. arcanum uh, then we get on to Vanguard. Vanguard is obviously the big winner of this general handbook. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're the best Stormcast mod. They're my favorite ones, too. Um, it's a finesse army, that, Like, it's, it's they, literally... They got me excited for the Vanguard boys. Yeah, it's literally a finesse army. So the Hunters are great. They can run charge and they can still shoot. They run six... They move six inches run top of it to shoot. Right? So in some situations, they'll be able to shoot first turn. Some they won't. They have... um. They don't have the quality of like of output. Their damage isn't consistent. Their rend isn't consistent. Their hitting isn't consistent. But they have a lot of attacks, and they can shoot and yeah. attack in combat. It's sort of like the whole what you talked about before, with, like the shooters versus stabbers. Like it's the same. Thing. Like it's it's they, both ranked to one. Like they can. Yeah, they perform a good role. Yeah, they, that nothing else does for that points cost. Yeah, they have no attrition, but they have output through the wise if they can do it or. Pelador's a fucking Pelador's a low-key best unit in the Stormcast book and no one realises that because they are late-game objective grabbers. And, I mean, if you want to talk to me more about Pelador's, we'll, we'll have a talk about it. It's just, they can shoot, they can attack in combat. They don't have huge output through combat, but they're the same as our hunters. Red 2 base. Yeah. Red 2 base is huge. It's the same, bro. Like, it's the same thing. When you combine the shooting with the combat and your movement and your ability to move really far, it's it's force multiplies. Like it stacks upon a topic. Uh then we go to a long strikes, which is like my favorite unit in the book ever. I love you, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they dropped ten points. <laughs> but yeah, no, one, no one was playing them, so that, that was it was as simple as that. It's as simple yeah. as that. No one talked about <laughs> shooting and. They're really good. Yeah. They are really good. They, they are. are really good. And hopefully now people will wake up and start fucking taking them because they should have been doing it ages ago. Well, people should have been doing a long things a long time ago. But do you want to move on to yeah. Doc, my friend? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We can go with Doc. Yeah. So, um, which else? Yeah, so... so do you want to talk changes or do you want to talk about the armory in its entirety? I... There has there's not a lot of changes, so I'll talk about the army as its entirety and how the changes impact it, I think. Um so the Witch Owl's bumping to one twenty, puts them in line with Sisters of Slaughter, uh, which is fair and good. The Max the 
massive regiment discount on sisters was already a little bit too much. Um, they haven't fixed it, so that's probably the, the downside to the change there. Um, it's a 60-point drop for a 30-man unit, which is, which is pretty good. Um, but them two being on the same par is, um, is where it should have been initially. I think 120 is fine. Um, you wouldn't want to go any higher because unbuffed, they're, they're not that flash. You know, they are quite squishy. They, they have a lot of damage, but not enough to buff to, you know, 140 points or 130 points for 10 because really they're not worth it. Um, I think you could buff that, uh, massive regiment discount to 320. And I think that would be more fair, but obviously, but obviously they haven't done it. Um, I'm surprised the Blood Rack Medusa didn't go up in points, but I'll take it. Um, she's probably a little bit too cheap. Probably one of the bigger winners out of the Daughter's Book. Um, Hag Queen at 90 is still too cheap. Um, 100 to 120 is where she needed to sit. Um, I know people are saying a lot more, or 120 minimum, but if you actually play the army, you know how small the buff range for that Sippy Cup is, which, whereas what a lot of her power comes from. Um, 90 is too cheap, don't get me wrong, uh, but she didn't need to go the way of the chemist. That's You don't want that happening again. Um, so yeah, that change could have been more impactful. Marathi at 480 is good. Um, I'm glad they didn't fuck with her because she is the fringe, the perfect fringe, I think, of being good, but expensive. Um, go too far one way, She'd be garbage and nobody would take her and you wouldn't see this awesome model, but go too far the other way and she'd be way too good. Um, she does a special role in the game, but she's counterable. Um, I think that's, that's, that's good that they left it. All the shrines, um, good thing they stayed the same points because in reality they're slow as fuck and they are expensive, but they do provide a lot of buffs. Uh, they're a hard unit to use efficiently. Um, when you think about you're spending 330 points for something that moves like five inches base at its top bracket. Um, Doomfire staying at 160 is sweet. They're still really good sort of sleeper units. Um, Blood Sisters dropping. I think they could have dropped to 130, maybe 120. Um, uh, not sorry, Blood Sisters. Blood Stalkers dropping to 140. Could have been 120, maybe 130. Uh, or even just make them conditional battle line. Conditional battle line for 140 would have been uh, a, a, a good pickup for them. Uh, Blood Sisters are sneaky good. I think at 140 points, now they really compete against Butch Elves and Sisters, and you'll see them hopefully a lot more. Um, Heartrenders going to 90 is the perfect change. 100 is too much for five wounds. Um, 90, is, 90 is fairer than, than what it was sitting at before. They're a great late game scoring unit. Everybody knew that, but they're so fucking squishy. It's not even funny. Like, really, what you're doing if you're leaving them late game is you're playing with 90 points down because they, they, they you can't put them on the board because they'll they'll disappear. They have to be on the board when there's nothing left on the board, and it means life takers have a little bit more of a look in being 10 points cheaper for a deep striking unit that moves quickly and flies in daughters of Cain. So overall, I think the Daughters Cane's changes are good. Um, they're probably a little bit too light-handed, um, but I'm 
we didn't want to see KO and Zinch happen again, and we haven't seen it happen again. Um, it's a step in the right direction. Doc was going to be good. Doesn't matter where you put their points. Their book is great. Their abilities are great. They do unique things that other people don't do. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to still see them floating on the top tables all of the time, uh, especially with these changes. Yeah, Doc is one of the armies where I don't think, like, I genuinely don't think you can appropriately adjust the points for what the army does. And the issue isn't the points. I mean, outside outside of the hag, Uh, I I think it's, like, it's genuinely, like, the five-up reroll or Hagner. Mm-hmm, it. mm-hmm. And it's it's the same with some armies. Like you know, you look at you look at flesh eaters. And you're like, all right, it's a hard army, but it's like the summoning the Grisagore, or you look at the Stormcast and it's the, and the double pile, double yeah, exactly. It's yeah. a double shirt, or you look at the Corn and you look at the Reapers and it's a double pile, and you look at the Grots and it's like uh, re-rollable. Sorry, not re-rollable, but roll a dice and on a four up you get a new unit. Sort of thing, you know, like this. How do you, how do you encompass that sort of change for the army and its entirety? And I, I'm not too sure how you do that. No yeah, but you know, like we haven't had the FAQ yet, and they might fix Hagnar, but if they don't fix Hagnar and it stays the way it is, just you know, everyone's gonna grab the Hag Queen and still point fingers at her for being ninety points, and they're like, ah, oh, this thing's still too cheap. It's like, Fuck, man. Open your eyes, look at the book. The problem, the massive problem was never the points of the units. The massive problem was always Hagnar, because Hagnar is fucked. Like, it is the, like, Zifflin was fucked in its day, but it's nowhere near as fucked as Hagnar. Hagnar is absolutely the biggest mistake of a uh, temple they've made in any book that they've put out today. Like, it's, Grizzlegore doesn't touch it, Zifflin doesn't touch it. This thing is the cream of the crop when it comes to bullshit. I don't know who Reddit rules. Um, and it'll stay the same. And it'll still be King Bitch until they, um, until they fix it. Yep, and I, I totally agree, bro. And I don't think they will change it based off what we've seen in the past and what we've seen sort of going forward. I don't think they will be looking to change the rules to Hegnar because they don't look to make rules adjustments. They look to make points no. adjustments. Yeah, it's a so, Skyfire problem. Yeah, it, it's exactly it. They say, this unit is bent as all hell. We'll introduce it. It'll be cheap. Okay, six months down the road, we'll change it. And we will, like, soft-hand it. And then six months later, we'll heavy-hand it. And it's bullshit. Like, you know, it's the same thing. Like, daughters will... I mean, like, if you're on the fence about a daughter's army, jump in. Yeah, right now. Yeah. Wait, wait for the FAQ to drop. No, but um, not, if they don't if they don't touch Hag, if they don't touch Hagnard, jump in. Even if if, if you want to play Calibron, man, right now jump in because Calibron's going to be great. Whether they bro, touch Hagnard or not, Daughters is always going to be good. Slaughter Shrope is just where it's at. Like regardless it's of fine. what, yeah, yeah, like regardless of what typical you're taking, Slaughter Shrope with the six inch like pylon and retreat and charge. And... Yeah, oh, it's just so good. Like it's just a yeah. combat army that does so many things on so many layers, which is so good. Yeah, uh, yeah. they've got so many tools. Yeah, uh, and and unless you can dismantle those tools, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, other than that, 
Sean, I think we're like we've we've gone through our list of shit to cover. We've covered off the questions, we've covered off the train, we've covered off like wins and losers point wise, and we've talked about our armies. And here we are at the end. Do you have any? <laughs> yeah. No man. No. Yeah. I, um. One I'm, of us is having I'm, a party, and one of us is answering questions. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running on my coffee. Um, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. No, no. I think um, I think we're wrapped it up as much as is worth talking about. Until the FAQ comes out, you can't dive too deep into it. Um, and I'm not too keen to go over all this stuff um, that we haven't played because you find out things as you play the games and get experience and then you get knowledge on them. Yeah. yeah. Anybody can read a book and and think what they want to think about it. Everyone's going to have the same opinion, more or less. There's no point us going through every scenario and reading it out because it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's uninformed and it's what we don't want to give on the show. So we will wrap it up there, listeners. Thank you very much for tuning in to another episode. And we will be back in years rather shortly. Dubs, thank you, my friend. Sweet, bro. I've been on a low, I've been taking my time. I feel like I'm out of my mind. I feel like my life ain't mine. Who can relate? Woo! I've been on a low, I've been taking my time. I feel like I'm out of my mind. It feel like my life ain't mine. I don't wanna be alive. I don't wanna be alive. I just wanna die today. I just wanna die. I don't wanna be alive. I don't wanna be alive. I just wanna die. Now let me tell you why. All this other shit I'm talking about, they think they know it. I've been praying for somebody to save me. No one's heroic in my life. Don't even matter. I know it. I know it. I know I'm hurting deep down, but can't show it. I never had a place to call my own. I never had a home. Ain't nobody calling my phone. Where you been? Where you at? What's on your mind? They say every life precious, but nobody care about mine. I've been on a low. I've been taking my time. I feel like I'm out of my mind. It feel like my life ain't mine. Who can
feel like my life ain't mine I finally wanna be alive I finally wanna be alive I don't wanna die today I don't wanna die I finally wanna be alive I finally wanna be alive I don't wanna die I don't wanna die Cry anymore 